0: Welcome to the 288th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on June 12th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I am the editor of GameCritics.com, and 50% of this here show with me is the man who's tired and full, Carlos Rodella.
1: That's me. We both ate meals, and we're both tired. We need a nap, but we're still going to podcast.
0: Yeah. Full disclosure, um, you know this is getting pretty close to the time of the evening where I take my evening nap, and so fingers crossed I don't fall asleep in the middle of the show, dude. Wait, do you really have an evening nap? Literally every night because I go to bed at like four. So oh. I get up, get up at like nine, do my my morning stuff, do my work stuff, do my parenting stuff, do whatever. Have dinner, usually take a nap, you know, like eight o'clock, maybe wake up at like 10 o'clock and then stay up from 10 to four and then get all my nighttime stuff done.
1: Interesting. That's why I get all those weird DMs and texts from you like at like one or 3, one 30 in the morning or
0: something. Oh, yeah, dude. I get lots of shit done at nighttime because like no one's bothering me. No one's calling me. No one's emailing me. It's just like just peace, man.
1: Oh, that part is true. I think I saw a TikTok or something about that recently where they're like, I love it at one or two in the morning because everyone's asleep like yep. you just said no one's going to message me. I don't have to worry yeah. about anything.
0: You're just doing your thing and it's quiet and you just like just just vibe, dude. Yep.
1: Yeah, all right. I'll try it.
0: Uh, I mean, you got, you know, it's a lifestyle, right? Like it takes some adjusting, so Oh, I'm not going to do it all the time. I said I'll try it. <laughs> I love I love nighttime. I've always been a night owl man for sure. So that's my that's my zone. It's my zone. It doesn't work too well when you got a day job, but now, you know, post-COVID and staying home and remote work and all that it definitely fits a lot better than it used to. So. Oh yeah,
1: that's so true. It just definitely won't work with me. I mean, I work at home, but I still like am up at eight or nine to do yeah. stuff. And so,
0: yeah, if you got to talk to people in the morning, I don't recommend it. So I do. <laughs> all right, folks, it is, uh, gosh, we just got finished with all of the shows that were happening in place of E3. I mean, this is the first year. Is it the first year that E3 hasn't happened since it started? I don't know if that's true.
1: It might you know, be. Yeah, I don't know. Um,
0: I feel like it might be the first time that there was no E3 of any kind. That's whatsoever. right. Yeah,
1: that's right. Yeah. And we've gone
0: through a couple of permutations.
1: Cause we've had like a digital only, I think that was last year's, yeah. Yeah. but there was and still were, a digital yeah. something.
0: We've had many different types of E3, but there, it seems like there's always been an E3. I could be wrong. Anybody fact checking me, please email me let me know. But I think this is the first time since E3 started that there has been literally zero E3 and to fill that void, tons of people have come up with their own online shows, which I think is pretty cool because the information is getting out there. We're still talking about games. Everybody's still interested and excited with E3 or without it. So we're going to be talking a lot about that tonight before we launch into the regular content. Uh, Carlos, uh, I watched most of the shows. Uh, I didn't watch all of them. How many shows did you watch?
1: I watched like four or five. There, I think, is like seven. And to be fair... Even when E3 was happening, there were a lot of these same shows.
0: Very true. Right?
1: And it's like they just kind of popped up at some point to go alongside the content that was normally part of E3. uh, And now they're just like the main dish, right? The appetizers have become the main
0: dish. Instead of a main dish, you just go to like a little app party where you just like sample small plates. That's all you do.
1: Yeah. And a lot of plates. because Many, many plates. I'm still full, dude. Yeah. Oh, I'm full. Yeah. From real food and from video game food. Um, so I thought we'd start off with Xbox, because that's the big one, uh, Xbox Bethesda. I shouldn't say it's just the big one, because there's a lot of other reveals on the other oh, shows. Oh, yeah, plenty. plenty uh, and maybe like indie games will rival the same stuff that was announced at the Xbox conference. But it is the one that's fresh in my mind. Uh, we're recording on Sunday, so it happened this morning. So I thought we'd go through that. And again, when we go through all these different showcases, we're not going to go through all of them, and also... We're not going to go through all the games, but I just
0: wrote a little notes down. Too many. Too many games,
1: yeah. yeah. So let's hit Xbox real quick. Uh, And before we get into that, my only piece of housekeeping was about E3, that next year, it's back in person. E3? Yep, 100%. I got a confirmation from that. And it's also virtual, so it's going to do both. So you don't have to be there if you don't want to or if you can't. A lot of people can't, anyhow. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the announcement, and I'm pretty sure it's 100% now. Well,
0: we'll see, man. I mean, I have no doubt that they announced 100%, but, you know, I mean, just to get really real for just, like, a brief hot second here, I mean, COVID is still a thing, and as much as people want to pretend like it's not, um, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of friends get sick with COVID just in the last couple weeks, you know, with graduations, it's warming up, people taking trips and stuff. And um, just as a quick PSA also, a lot of my friends, in fact, three friends just this week who have all been really, really sick and said they didn't have COVID uh, because they took home tests, ended up going in to get a PCR test because they were really sick and they all had COVID. Yeah. So just as a heads up, folks, don't rely on the home tests. If you think you're really sick, go get a PCR test. And COVID is still a thing. So hopefully it'll be not a thing next year. Hopefully we can all go to E3 in person. I would love that. I wish that we could all do that and do it free from fear. But fingers crossed. We'll see what happens, man.
1: Okay. Yeah. And, um, good pro tip, but also I'm going to be the hopeful one here and say, it's going to work. Let's let's, I hope, I hope you were absolutely right, dude. I would
0: works. be I'd be thrilled if you were right.
1: Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah. All I right. want to get
0: back to stuff, man. I'm with you, man. I think everybody does. Oh,
1: I know. And by the way, like most people, when like you're just mentioning like a lot of people, uh, you know, getting it from going around and traveling and stuff like that. I haven't traveled once yet, you know, like since yeah. it started, so yeah. I think that's obviously helped me a smidge. Um, oh, for sure. You know, because I basically live in a room <laughs> and play same, video games. Dude. Same, um, same. But, you know, just out and about here and there. So anyways, let's go back to the show. Let's talk about the show. Xbox show. Um, First off, here's some housekeeping on the Xbox show, and this is going to sound like I'm a Debbie Downer for the whole show. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just my truthful thing. I'm not a Sony pony. This I didn't like the state of play, by the way, so – there's no. I know what, you,
0: I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to
1: say. Well, I already like, tweeted a ton. You did. That's it. how I
0: knew because you told me.
1: <laughs> the number one thing, and I actually like worked. We, yeah, both of us. Uh, Brent and I both worked with Microsoft before. Yeah. And I think the last E3 I was at, they made sure that the fucking stream was in 4K. Yeah. Uh, it sure wasn't. It was 1080p. But if you know anything about video, and even if you don't, when motion happens on screen and you're not at 4K... And you're at 720 to maybe 1080p, you get artifacting. And basically you get like little, you know, broken up pieces of the screen. And it looks real fucking bad when you're trying to show off a game. So I can't believe that every single stream I went to, even like IGNs, all them, I'm sure they were just restreaming
0: it anyhow. Right, right, right. The
1: original feed wasn't 4K.
0: I don't know, man. I got nothing to say. I mean, I actually, I was in the show last year. I was part of the show last year and I was not uh, doing the show this year. I was a little surprised. I think they've changed production companies. Mm. So um, I had a real good relationship with the previous production company. I don't know who they're using now, uh, but maybe that would explain why they decided not to go 4K for whatever reason.
1: It's weird. Like, um, and we'll mention this obviously in the show, but Starfield, I had to go back just now and watch like the 4K version. You I know. did, I did the same thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Literally the same thing. Cool. Let's see yeah. actually what it looked like. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so that was the thing. And then, uh, they started the show saying that this is all these games are going to be from the next 12 months, which again, doesn't really help me out too much because I'm like, what can I play now or this right. year? Maybe. Right. Right. Um, because I only try to say this once my, my <laughs> Xbox is pretty dusty. Uh-huh. There's a few indie games that I play from game pass but besides that, you know, there's not a ton of things I turn it on for. So sure. And let's get into a couple of things. So Redfall, Red which people wanted to see gameplay. We finally saw gameplay first person, y kind of vampire game uh, multiplayer. I don't care. It didn't really like make me a fan of it.
0: It seems kind of neat. But like, honestly, I think most of these games where you're like in a crew running missions over and over like mm. these. I, I just I just don't think they have legs, man. It's like. You know, like Overwatch worked, Overwatch worked like like Fortnite works, but like m- most the vast majority of these games like Predator or whatever that one was that was from Turtle Rock, where like one person was a monster and four oh, people yeah. were hunters. I mean, there's been a lot of these and they just they just don't have the lasting power, man. It's really hard to keep something like that going.
1: And Evil Dead just came out. That's very similar. Yeah, to that we
0: just reviewed it at Game Critics. Um, CJ Salcedo just uh, reviewed it and he said it was cool for an hour and then it got really boring, which is kind of like most of these games are where you get a group together, you run a couple missions, you start feeling like you're doing the same thing over and over. I kind of feel like Redfall is probably going to be the exact same thing, just with vampires. So, yeah. you know, I'll play it for like a day or something and then I won't be surprised if it runs out of gas.
1: Will you play Hollow Knight, the new Hollow Knight? Oh, yeah, they you know, I, yeah,
0: yeah, they did. I was excited for that. I really liked the original Hollow Knight. It was too hard, but I still really liked it and I did finish it. So, yay me. My wife really liked it, too. She finished it as well. Um, I I, am excited for Silk Song. It looks really good. I, I could be up for some of that. I just really want those guys at Team Cherry, I believe their name is. I want them to just chill out, just like one notch, right? Because, like, Hollow Knight was hard. When you got to the real final boss... That was ridiculously that was punishingly hard mm. And then when you got to the DLC, that was like just fuck off. I'm not gonna play this anymore hard. So I want them to just just ease back. They've got skill, they've got talent, they make really good good content. I think their stuff is great. They're very talented, obviously. They just need to chill the fuck out like one notch. Just give us all a little bit of a break.
1: It looks good. So that's why I I want to play it because it looks so good. I'll definitely play it. Um, This might sound like I'm doing all the games, but I'm going to skip some at some point. But you
0: you take the lead, Carlos. You go right ahead, man.
1: These are all in order, though. Um, So this one is crazy to me because I I actually kind of knew about this low key, but I couldn't say anything because um, I actually interviewed with Squanch Games. Uh, This is a game called High on Life. And I didn't know the actual game itself, but I knew they were working on one. Yeah. Uh, And I had an idea that was, you know, a lot of the uh, resources were being spent on it. So mm -hmm. it's a, yeah, comedy, funny, uh, first-person shooter game from the mind of Justin Roiland and a bunch of other comedy writers and actors. Uh, I I just so funny because, like, no one mentioned that it's, like, Squanch Games. Like, I don't even think I even said at the end of the trailer that it was Squanch. And then no one, like, in the coverage of it was talking about justin you know and mm. rick and morty because that's you know the creative half of the creative rick and morty right
0: right right so
1: i don't yeah no one mentioned it was that and they were like oh what's this weird game and i was like it's fucking <laughs> rick and morty it developed come on
0: anyways yeah it looks to me like a new iteration of uh, odd world stranger's wrath like a lot of the same concepts on display there which is kind of cool stranger's wrath was a really good game. Obviously, plus the comedy stylings of uh, Roiland at all. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I'm not big on first-person shooters in general. And honestly, I don't know that I'm really a fan of those guys. I yeah, can't if really, you don't like Rick and Morty, not, you're not going to yeah, like it. Yeah, I think yeah, that yeah. maybe it's not for me, but I see what they're going for.
1: Well, it, it was called Trover Saves the Universe is their game, and I love it. And Yeah, the um, last game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I just saw so many people like you just did, like – uh, compared to Oddworld, I am like, no, 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 It's it's just like Trover. <laughs> it just happens to be a first person shooter because it's all the same kind of comedy. And yeah. anyways, it's I am gonna like it. um We've got a bunch of boring stuff after this, and this is where like uh <laughs> me and like a bunch of other like Xbox fans who do YouTube channels mm-hmm. are all in agree in, uh agreement that it was just weird that they put a bunch of really like. Stuff we already knew together in a lot, yeah. There
0: were several that we had already seen before yeah. Elder
1: Scrolls Online, Forza, Plague Tale. We already know we've seen the mm-hmm. gameplay forever. Flight Sim, Fallout 76, Ark, who Ark with Vin Diesel? Come on, uh, so all that was just like in a row, and yeah. Like, I skipped happening? all those things, yeah. I
0: skipped them, yeah.
1: Then they showed Scorn, which is that body horror first person oh, shooter. It looks
0: so gross, so dude. Gross. It looks so gross. I'll probably play it because I'm curious. <laughs> You're like, it's so gross, I'll play it. I mean, I will play it because I'm interested. You know, I like the Lovecraft stuff. I like I like certain horror things. I like explorations of that kind of thing. Um, But, I mean, if it's just gore and horror, then I'm out. But if it's interesting, if they do interesting things with it, then I'm in. So I guess yeah. it depends.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm probably out. I don't want body horror of any way. Um, yeah. Minecraft Legends. Uh, it's probably like the other game they made, Dungeons, I think it was. Oh, okay. I skipped that one. I didn't yeah. care. Uh, uh, Dusk Falls. I think both of us would like it. We like narrative games.
0: They showed that one last year too. I've yeah, seen that trailer we've seen it before. before. It looks yeah. great, but it looks exactly like what we saw last year.
1: So. Exactly. So I was like, nothing new. Yeah. This yeah. next one we're both gonna like a lot. Probably one of the bigger announcements for me uh, is Pentiment, which is from Oh, Virginia. dude,
0: that looked amazing. I'm like, I'm in, dude. I'm so. You're in so on that. in.
1: I saw it and I go, you've already played like three games like that recently.
0: I know. I love that style, dude. I really yeah. do. You should tell them what it is. Tell them what it is.
1: It's like a medieval game where you do choices. Actually, I have no idea what this fucking game is.
0: I mean, it looks like the visual style, though, is really what grabs you because it looks like uh, like a medieval illuminated page, like with the old, old, old with the E at the end of it, like oldie, old time drawings right. of medieval people. And they're like 2D walking around the map. I mean, just the visual style alone is amazing. But it's from Obsidian, which is like, dude, I'm double in. Double cause in. Obsidian is the shit. I love Obsidian.
1: I just don't know what the actual game itself is because it seemed like there was a narrative of choices, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, And yeah, the, the card game you're playing, it looks like that art style as well. Uh, Card Shark. Oh yeah, Card Shark. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so I'm all in on that. That was like the first time I was like my my ears perked up. Nope. Is
0: that right? Ears perked up. Yeah, ears perked up. Sure.
1: They showed grounded. I don't care. And then this is going to be. I'm going to controversial this whole podcast, but Diablo Four. They showed it looks fucking amazing in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And I always think they did. I've seen the gameplay before. It looked really really good. I'm playing Diablo Immortal. We'll talk about it later. Um, I'm going to mention it right before the end of the show. But I'm just, like, in that mode. You know, when you get in a mode of a style of game? Yeah. It's like you want to go every night and just kind of, like, mess around with that style of game. Well, I'm in the Diablo mode because of Immortal. And so just seeing more of that and the way they talked about it being, like, kind of an open world, hmm. which Diablo has never really felt like way, that way to me. It's always felt like zones. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, yeah, gonna, always, yeah. I'm going to go to the cemetery zone. But they're talking about it being more of a role-playing game. And I know my, I'll be just talk now, and I know people are all turned off. Their little butts are hurt because of the monetization, and they're like, I don't want to pay for a game. I just paid a million dollars to play Mortal, um, which is, I'd say that voice because I spent zero dollars, and I'm having fun. Right, right. Um, so anyways, for me, I'm it's all in. Like I can't wait for it to come out, but I just don't know when it will ever come out.
0: I'm sure that I will play it, but full disclosure, I did not finish Diablo 3, even though I really liked it a lot, so I really in my heart of hearts, would like to go back and finish Diablo 3, but then here comes Diablo 4. Uh, so I guess I'll just, <laughs> I don't know when I'm going to get to these games, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely give it a shot for sure. I'm, a, I'm, I'm more a fan than not. And I will say this, and
1: this is kind of mentioning to Diablo Immortal though, but Diablo morto you run around, and I didn't say this last time, while you're playing the game, other characters or other players are there. And you know how much I don't, I hate like having Oh, like having actual game real people are in your yeah, world yeah, yeah. as well? But, oh, but okay. they're like ghosty kind
0: of. Oh, um, like souls or something like that. But
1: he, well, here's the thing. Sometimes they look like most of them, I think, look like they're full colors of the uh, the character and the armor and stuff. But they're a little bit transparent, and no no one ever bumps into you, you know. But I, what's interesting is sometimes when you go out in the field and they're, you know, like, you're like you you're mining monsters or something, you're leveling up. They're there too, and I I'm pretty sure that whoever gets the monster first hits it. So it's oh, almost really? like, like you're they can sharing. steal your
0: kills or whatever. Yeah, I
1: think that's happened. Interesting because Interesting. I remember I would see like random, like three or four people on the same map as me, and then we'd be killing things together just like like effortlessly. Like I, w- I wasn't planning on it, but they're there all of a sudden. Hmm. Um, and by the way, that's the feature that they built to put in four, so it's if like you, having other people in your game, yeah. So if you turn it on, it'll be. And as me playing Diablo Immortal and not caring that they're doing that, it means it must work pretty well because. You know what I mean? Like I, it didn't wasn't a distraction.
0: I mean, as long as it's additive and not subtractive, it right? was like very. If in my game, I want and if they kill somebody, like I want a cut of that, right? Like I don't want them stealing my kills, but if they're helping me kill somebody and I get the reward, that's all good.
1: I, I you know, I don't know. If, I don't know the specifics of it, but I won't speak to it. But it looks cool. That idea. All right. A, only a few more. Echo generation. Uh, the or the creators, of Echo Generation, made a game called Ravenlock. It looks really good. It's like a Tim Burton kind of game.
0: That game was confusing to me, man. Like the visual style was like all over the place. I was really trying to get a beat on what they were going for. Yeah, it was a mix of it, their old style and like a yeah. newer style. And I, I don't know that it worked, man. I was like, this just looks like a mess. Like I kind of wish they picked the lane, but yeah. I'm open to see what they do.
1: It's in a kind of an action RPG, and the other one was more of a like, uh, like turn-based, I think.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Uh, anyways, and the
1: limbo, the creators of limbo, uh, came out with the game Cocoon. Where you, I didn't like the the look of it at all. Because you know, Limbo I love, and Inside I love, and there's like a little bird guy, and he's carrying balls.
0: It was, it sounds strange to say it. I thought literally the same thing. I'm like, there's a lot of ball carrying going on in this game, and I don't know that I want to do that. Yeah. It was kind of hard to get a feel for it. It seemed like a lot of like changing dimensions by jumping into the balls and switching. And I'm like, I wasn't. uh, You know, it's it's hard to say, and I, I don't mean to pass judgment too quickly, but like after being in the field for all these years, like. 35 years or whatever, however long we've been in the field doing those games and stuff, playing games all the time. Uh, You just, you just get a sense of things. Right. And like, sometimes when you look at the trailer, your gut just goes, yeah, man, I'm in on that. That looks like my shit. And sometimes you look at the trailer, you go, I don't know what's going on in that trailer. Mm -hmm. And when you get that feeling, you know, question marks, man, maybe it's still going to be good, but if they don't catch you with that first impression, it puts question marks in your head. And that one cocoon, I was like, I don't know what's going on in this game.
1: man. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. The one you do like, and I'm telling you you like because I know you do, is Woe Long. You know
0: that was one I actually didn't watch. I went up to go to the bathroom while oh. I was going, and I missed it.
1: Team Ninja, you like
0: sometimes. Neo, Half the time, well, 50%. Neo, right?
1: Neo, love,
0: yes. Ninja Gaiden can get fucked.
1: It, it looks like a Neo game.
0: Okay, I'm in then. Neo I think you're good. in. Yeah. Neo is good.
1: Uh, this was everyone was excited about this, and I give it two shits. But them getting Atlas, which I like Atlas, and I want more, you know, Japanese uh, games and RPGs on their system. But they get all they got all the old personas, and for some reason, everyone's really excited about that. But they're,
0: all of the old personas, like how well, it was like well, they, they we got talking?
1: Persona Three Portable, which I guess is a, a unique one, specific. I don't know. I haven't played that one.
0: Okay. And
1: they had four golden or something and five, but they're going to be on Xbox now. and I guess they weren't before. Uh, is, I mean, is that cool. a big deal. If you
0: haven't played them, cool. But I am I am officially Personaed out. I used to be a real big supporter of that series. And I feel like they just keep making the same game over and over, and i'm I'm done like I'm yeah. done with it,
1: so but again, we're also done cause we've played' them before, like we've played yeah. all those games last uh last two, Kojima is gonna do a new game, they just announced that, but they didn't say what it was, so mm-hmm. we don't care, I don't know, like it's interesting, but there's no not anything about it so. All right. What else?
0: I got a couple. Do your last one. I got. Oh, my got last one,
1: Starfield. So, what did you do? You have one before that? Yeah, I yeah. I
0: got a couple. I got a couple. I really liked. Well, okay, I, I I was interested in Flintlock, the Siege oh, of Dawn.
1: Oh, yeah that that did look very interesting.
0: Um, I don't exactly quite know what it is. It's coming from the same publishers as Scorn, so it was kind of like Whiplash with the two different styles they were putting out. But you know, good on them trying something different. It's like a third person. It kind of looks like an action-y sort of adventurey, but you've got a little animal that helps you. Uh, to do, like, platform jumps oh, and helps you teleport and cute. stuff. Yeah. The combat looked pretty decent. It looked like it could be kind of a good, like, Assassin's Creedy sort of a thing, perhaps. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I like the look of that one. And the one that I really liked, uh, I'm surprised you didn't mention this, The Last Case of Benedict Fox. That was the one that I was like, oh, that looks pretty good to me. It's a 2D. It reminds me a lot of, what's that game that you always name-check all the time? Um, you, you bring it up, like, every show. And it's, like, the one where you're um, walking side to side and... Yeah, okay. That one. That's yeah, that right one. Now. Oh my god. Like it's in my head. You talk about it all the time. I mean it's gotta to come to me in five minutes. Anyway, um made a complete ass myself there. Oh no, no, Shadow but. Complex? Shadow Complex, yes, that- that's <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly ah, what got it is. It. That you got it. All right, cool. Yes, that's it looks like that. Except Cthulhu Lovecraft. So like same kind of thing where you get to this house, you meet your dad, your dad's dead, but there's, like, a Cthulhu monster there who's going to help you get through it. Of course, he's going to have, like, some nefarious purpose, right? But 2D combat, like, some jumping, some platforming, some combat, but also some story, lots of, like, Lovecraft, like, um, you know, visual style, like shadows and tentacles, all that kind of shit that I dig. So that looks very cool. I'm very into that, and I want them to kind of, you know, if it's kind of a shadow complexy sort of thing, I mean that looked really good to
1: me. Yeah, I remember seeing that and being like kind of surprised by the tentacles that you control. Like they're yes. part of you or something.
0: Interesting. I'm, i just want to find out what that's all about. I'm I'm in on that one. All
1: right. And then uh, I like both those and then also Starfield. So Starfield. Starfield. Big reveal. Um I, I like that they spent enough time on it and actually showed us like tons of stuff which is That great. was a lot.
0: Of, it was like 15 or 20 minutes on just that one game alone.
1: Yeah. Awesome. But to, it's almost like in my opinion like they had to because the rest of the show, if we just ended it there, we'd be like, eh, I don't That's know. True. I just don't That's feel true. like anything like really stood out. Like, before we get to Starfield, no Avowed, and I've been waiting to hear from Avowed, and there's mm-hmm. none of that. No Fallout talk and no Fallout 1 remake talk and... I don't know. There was a bunch of other stuff I was kind of like wanting to see. Yeah, yeah. So it looks cool, and like you said, and everybody's saying now, um, people are calling it No Man's Skyrim. Uh, this is what it looks like to me, hundred percent. There's a little bit weight There's I was gonna say a little bit or way too much. Yeah, I would say there's way too much No Man's Sky. Those
0: are two very comparison
1: different comparison. <laughs> because in this game, not only they show the gameplay and the combat and stuff, but they showed you like resource mining, and I don't want to do that. Like, right. I don't want to do that in my Fallout Skyrim space game,
0: you know? But you sure do that in No Man's Sky. I
1: know. After so. after seeing that, like, literally on Twitter right now, there's, like, comparison videos, like, shot for shot. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I guess I could go back to No Man's Sky because I own it. Uh, anyway, so, yeah, they showed the action. They showed um, the customization of characters looked good. And customization
0: lo- of your ship. You can design your ship, ship which, which is cool. Really good. And
1: then you can fly it, again, like No Man's Sky. Um, They also showed, yeah, the
0: combat I don't think looked great. The space combat or the ground combat? The ground combat. looked like typical kind of Fallout combat to me.
1: Yeah, but not even, it's almost like worse because I feel like some Fallout combat had more like weight to it. Mm -hmm. And this might, obviously it's not done, but uh, also I'm always a melee person and I saw no melee. I just saw guns. I'm sure there would be melee options. I would
0: be very surprised if there wasn't. I
1: looked in that menu and I just saw a bunch of guns. I'd be. I don't know. Anyways, that didn't seem very fun. And like, I think someone else mentioned the, the health bars above the enemies looked weird. Uh, I'm sure all that's not final, but. Yeah, I'm sure it's playable. Um, I mean, I'm going to play the shit out of course, you know, but um, I didn't like how closely it was to No Man's Sky because, and they've said at the end, we're, there's a thousand planets to explore. Right. Normally, I like RPGs. And I like really long, you know, adventures, but I don't know. I just feel like the trailer and that idea of it being like massive leans way too close to no man's sky for me so think? like
0: i mean so okay so like i did not like no man's sky at the beginning and i bounced off it like literally three or four times i like the idea of it and it wasn't until like last year or maybe the year before i think it was like the first year of covid so it must have been 20 2020 or something when i'm like okay i'm locked at home and they had just put they had just put out a huge content update like the living ship update whenever yeah. that was that's mm-hmm. when i got into it at that point they had narrowed it down, sped it up, streamlined it, fixed it, tweaked it. So it was actually a pretty good experience at that time. And it's only gotten better since then. So actually, No Man's Sky is a really fun play right now. I think if you're in the mood for that. But it's also a long game. Like you got like you got a mine, you got to find resources, you got to explore. That's all still in there. And when we were looking at um, Starfield right now, I was like, okay, so like, i get what they're going for it looks very much like they're taking a lot of cues from no man's sky which is fine because no man's sky is far from a perfect game even though i still really like it a lot now um but like also i kind of want i hope that there's a focused campaign where you're not just like going around and spending hours and hours and hours and hours looking for resources and stuff and also like a thousand planets is too many like i just don't care like it's it's too many i would rather have 50 planets that are all really really well done and put together than a thousand so it's like are these random generation if it's if it's actual handmade a thousand planets then i feel sorry for their team because they've probably <laughs> been crunching like motherfuckers yeah the entire time it's just too many like you don't need that many right it's, it's crazy to think you put that many in and aside from that like real talk like real talk okay and send me hate mail if you want folks but like bethesda's weakness is storytelling they do not tell good stories having stories Is not the same as telling good, compelling stories, and I really want them to hire some great writers. I really want something that's compelling to bring me through this game. Um, I don't want another just like, you know, you know, everybody plays a Bethesda game. They're like, oh, yeah, the the main game sucks, but it's fun to like level up and get skills and stuff. And I just play like, okay, cool. But like, I need more than that from from my games personally. So I want a pretty decent story. Yeah, it seems like they're also cribbing notes from No Man's Sky for the main story based on what we saw. So. I mean, I'm up for an improved version of No Man's Sky, but I really don't want, like, the wandering, the time-wasting, the aimlessness. I want it to be—I mean, do that if you want it, but don't make, me, don't force me to do it, right? Like, if right. I want to get through this game in, like, 20, 30, 40 hours, let me mainline it, and then if I want to come back for more— let me do that. So well, hopefully that's the, tr- the track they're going to take. Right? And
1: back to the No Man's Skyrim a comparison, if they do that, like Skyrim, that's, that's what Skyrim is like, right? There's a 20-hour campaign in
0: there. Exactly, exactly. It's literally
1: like I'm always baffled by how quickly it takes to beat that game. If you yeah, go right 15, to for 20 dragons. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they could do that and they pull that. That's fine. Then you go. That would like, be totally fine. Now yes. I'm going to go spend a lot of time in the in the world, you know? Yes. But, but let I me still,
0: choose it. Let me choose let it. Let
1: me choose it, but I still don't want that. I still don't want too much of a big of a game. Because by the way, last comparison, Outer Worlds, Outer Worlds, one of my favorite games. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yes. Uh, Obsidian. But they built what, seven or eight planets? Yes. And even that seemed a little big. I don't know if you you didn't probably. Play or beat that, right?
0: I I started it. I didn't have time, and then I waited, and I bought like the deluxe deluxe package, and it's sitting on my hard drive. So I'm Ugh. gonna I'm gonna play it.
1: It's really fucking good. And the reason why I like it is because it is that thing. It's here's handcrafted eight nine planets.
0: Great uh, characters, great story. Am I wrong? Great great story. I
1: really enjoyed the story and the combats in the middle of it. You know, you're doing the yes. combat to get to things. Yes. But like, there's a ship. Uh, there's a Now we're just talking about outer worlds. But we, there's a planet that's just all like smelly. Because they, they do, like, trading and, like, fish and stuff. And it's, like, a, you can almost, I can't smell it, but you can almost tell that it's, like, a shitty planet. You it know? looks like it smells. Yeah, yes. it does. And then, like, there's some nice little areas. But it was more about, like, going into those places. And so hopefully that's there. Um, like I said, again, yeah, I'm, I'm not not going to buy it. Right. You know, but.
0: I mean, I'm thinking, isn't isn't Starfield going to be day one Game Pass? Isn't it a Game Pass game? I don't know that. Um, hmm. I don't know. I I'll thought to, it was, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: I'll have to renew my game pass because <laughs> recently it uh, it went away it'll in my get, household. It'll get
0: you all back in.
1: Okay, that's Xbox. Um, all right. I mean, people have given it like a B on the scorecards. I thought it was like just okay and some nice little standouts, but nothing really to write home
0: about. Nah, I'm thinking B or C. B or C. Starfield was definitely the standout, but we've known that was coming for a while. A lot of repeat stuff. A lot of stuff that looked okay. I mean, I think B or C.
1: I'm gonna go through pretty quickly here, just some stuff I saw at Game Do it. Fest. Do it. Uh, also, a lot of people gave that a score of about a B or maybe even C. Uh, not a ton of stuff. Uh, I don't know. It was really weird show, by the way. Let's let's preface that and say it, there was a lot of talking and a lot of like uh, just sitting on stage and talking about how cool they thought their game was. I, I thought there was wasted time in that show, but. It started off with a uh, Resident Evil remake, I believe. That's the first game
0: they showed. Uh, oh, the Resident right. Evil Four. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it looked good. I mean, it looks like Resident
0: Evil, but a little better. Um, I mean that. I mean, it looked to me like nothing at all like I remember Resident Evil because I played it on what the GameCube. Is that where it right? Right, right. It's
1: like what we think it looked
0: like. Right. I mean, yeah. I'll definitely play it. I bet it's going to be like a brand new experience. I bet it's going to be nothing like like that. And, and honestly, I haven't played it since the GameCube, so I'll be fine to jump back in and give it a whirl.
1: Yeah. Also, I I wrote down PSVR2 uh, Horizon Zero Dawn because that I forgot what they call it, but it's that that like standalone game in the Horizon world, uh, in in VR. Obviously, I'd need to buy a PSVR2. But um, there's very few games I think that do like the full gaming experience in VR right now. Mm-hmm. There's like the Walking Dead game. There's a few, but that one looked like legit. Like if you can handle it, which I don't know if you can. Some people can't. But, like, you're jumping on cliffs, you're fighting, you know. You mean like, in terms the dinosaurs. of dinosaurs. and stuff? Yeah, and, it's like, yeah. it seems like it's going to be fast, but it did look really impressive, I thought. I uh, skipped that. Yeah, I know you will. Warhammer Show, they did a Warhammer Showcase. There is so much Warhammer coming. There's uh, a lot of Warhammer There's coming. a card game. They showed a Metal Gear type game. They showed uh, a rogue, uh, I guess roguelike, rogue something, Trader CRPG.
0: Yes, I saw, I saw that. Yeah,
1: um, the one that looks like Doom, and then Evercade—is it was Evercade a thing? I don't know. I wrote down Evercade, but then uh, not in this showcase, but somewhere else, they they showed the the melee one where you're like doing melee and
0: magic, The first or... person shooter. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So all that stuff. I mean, you love the Warhammer. Of I, I mean, of course, I
0: love but... 40k more than I love original Warhammer, but I do love some Warhammer. I mean, in general, I play all of these, so like I'll check them all out um and half of them will be hot garbage and half of them will be yeah. really really good. They've got a strong 50% track record with Warhammer games. So I will I will try them all. We will report back, but uh, I'm hoping uh that at least a couple of these will be will be humdingers. They've had a pretty good uh pretty good track record the last couple of years. I feel like they're they're getting a little bit better. There's been a couple standouts, so uh, we'll see. But yeah, I'm I'll, I'll try them all, guaranteed.
1: I will uh put it out there that Warhammer uh, Dark Tide is what it's called is the That's one the first that I like. Yeah, the first person
0: one. All right.
1: Uh The Planet of Lana, they showed off again. We've seen that before. Yeah. It looks yeah. great. Uh Goodbye World looked really interesting. That was a new one for me. It looks like Earthbound uh and Eastward kind of together.
0: Goodbye World isn't isn't that the one you were telling me was the prequel to Wasteland Golf?
1: No. No. no what is no, no. the what
0: is the prequel to Wasteland it's Golf? It's on my
1: notes, I'll find it. It's down okay, here. We'll yeah. get there. But this one looks just like Eastward if you played that or Earthbound. And I just love that whole vibe. So uh, the, they show the Cholesto Protocol again. Obviously, it's Dead Space. It's super gross. Oh, my God. We watched like three
0: trailers in a row. I didn't watch the show live. I kind of Oh, yeah, it was the all like the sci-fi. There was like three sci-fi horror games in a row. And my family's like, oh, my God, again? Again? Yeah, like, yeah.
1: oh, yeah. And you know who showed up like more than once, I believe, if my memory's right? Trey Baker.
0: Oh, I'm sure he's in every other game. He's in
1: every other game. And I was just like mad about that. Uh, Routine looks good, which is like a first-person shooter in alternate 80s uh routine and made by one guy interesting you didn't see that probably a uh, high water looks like a cool indie game that both of us would probably like uh, about the end of the world or something mm-hmm. goat simulator 3 and i don't think there ever was a 2 which is kind of funny
0: that's funny that they did that my son yeah. is hyped af he was the world's biggest goat simulator fan he fucking rinsed that game got all the achievements did all the secrets Did all the dlc wow he's he's down for more goat simulator
1: well, you're going to get more of it. Uh, American Arcadia looks interesting. You're on a TV show, so I definitely was like my ears perked up for that.
0: Oh, yeah. Truman Show vibes on that one for yeah. sure. Look,
1: look pretty good. And then this will not be on your radar ever, but the two uh, MiHoYo games, which is the creator of Genshin Impact, one of them is a you know free-to-play, we're going to try to make you spend money, is Zenless Zone Zero, which I've already like talked about, I think, on the mm-hmm. show. But Star Rail came out of nowhere. And it looks like a standalone regular game, not a free-to-play. Like It's it, so
0: funny, dude, because you, you sent me your list of, of trailers before the show, and I watched them. And as soon as Star Rail came up, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is a Carlos game, bro. It's a Carlos <laughs> game for sure. <laughs> this is a Carlos game.
1: Well, but my point is i always like their combat, like Genshin and stuff, but it's a free-to-play, and it makes it like you have to grind a lot more than normal. Yeah, for sure. So I think Star Rail might not be like that, and if so, I'm really excited. Last couple few things here. One piece RPG looked interesting because it looks like dragon quest. And I, we've seen that before, but they showed yeah. that again. Yeah. Saints row, I think did a really cool thing where you, they gave you a demo for the new game and you can make your character now. And I, did. Uh,
0: I really meant to get to it and I just ran out of time, but I'm going to do that tonight for sure. I downloaded it and then I got super busy. So the character creator, I'm very curious about, I will definitely make a character. Tonight. I, I want more of that from
1: developers. That's super fun. You know, like get us invested already how many, you know, the conversion rates can be great on that, you know. Those oh yeah, if you make buttons. somebody you're
0: already attached to, then you're gonna want to play the game as that person.
1: Yeah, so. I've got my character, so I'm playing the damn thing. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and then, um, yeah, that's all I had for the Game Fest. What did I miss that you saw?
0: Uh, nothing. I don't think Game Fest was kind of dry for us. We didn't really get into too much on that mm-hmm, one. What do you mm-hmm. What do you got next? What's coming up next?
1: What's now I just have a short list of indies from all different showcases I watch. So, all right, I'll just burn through them, and then you tell me if you see I'll something give you a shout. Yeah, 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 go for it. Cult of Lamb, Cult of Lamb I've known for a while.
0: It's been in the works for quite a while. I, yeah. I just uh, I've known about it. It feels like forever, but yeah, it's been around. Demo's
1: up. I played the crap out of it. It's super fun.
0: It's oh, okay, super good.
1: fucking fun. And like it's a you know me, it's a great dodge, great dodge roll in that. And you play a lamb, you're basically like trying to convert people and get them on your side to create this cult, mm-hmm. but you're fighting also with all these demonic animals and monsters and stuff but it just plays really well and it's definitely a roguelike and i've kind of you know softened up to them but it's really good and it comes out in august so
0: it's pretty soon all right cool i'll definitely check that one out it's on my list to check out i was i like the idea of it but a lot comes down to the details um so if you like it then that's a good sign
1: so oh it's yeah the game it's all that's got to be all gameplay cuz it's just yeah uh this one is sold the show for a lot of people the plucky squire
0: Oh man, that was like surprise hit out of nowhere, dude!
1: Out of nowhere, you play as a two D uh, character who's in a storybook doing a lot of action RPG stuff. Then the character comes out of the storybook and into the real world, three dimension style. Pretty cool,
0: right? It looks great. The trailer was just like super charming. I mean, everything about it just looked really cute. My wife was like, "I'm playing that," and I'm like, "Okay, I'll get that for you." So we're gonna. Oh yeah, we're gonna get that set up for you.
1: Another one I wrote down that I really, really am interested in, but. Uh, not to say like I'm um, special or anything, but I feel like I saw or talked to a developer or something about this game for like so many years ago. But Demon Skating Game is what I call it. Uh, it's called Skate Story.
0: Oh yeah, Skate Story, where you are a demon made of glass and you must skate. How funny is that?
1: I know it looks beautiful. It's it, it now. I've seen it with like a whole new coat of paint because I saw it like back in the day when it's just like you know uh, yeah. objects or lines. Yeah. Um, but I don't really see yourself as a demon. <laughs> I, I think that's weird because you're just like a glass figure thing.
0: Yeah, I uh, mean, I don't know. Maybe they, you know, but the backstory maybe is not so important. Yeah, see. but
1: it just looks super fun to play, a uh, story-based uh, skate game. And I wrote this one down, and I have the demo, and I haven't played it yet. But Trail of Ayash, or Ayash hmm i don't remember that one maybe I missed it was that super fast and it's you play a native american oh you do okay yes All right. and i was like come on let's go representation so i downloaded the demo it's up right now if you guys want to check it out uh i'm excited to try it just because of that okay right on i, I also wrote down Greed greedventory which is a turn-based rpg and the art style looked really cool and oh by the way in a lot of these showcases uh the one i think we're talking about right now it was two of the Witcher voices, the guy who does um, Geralt and Yennefer, whoever that
0: woman is. Oh, were they? Okay. I didn't I didn't realize they that. They were oh, doing the voices for a lot of these. Uh,
1: presentation,
0: yeah. So what else uh, did I miss? Hearts and Minds. Did you see the trailer for oh, that Oh, The one? Little Fly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's about like a meditation on mortality. And so you say, and then you die, and you start off as a new fly. Um, super like lo-fi graphics, like real simple graphics, like Microsoft Paint level graphics. But it looks super charming. Looked really cute and fun. I'm definitely going to like play that one for sure. Um, Choo Choo Charles is another oh, one that showed. Oh yeah, the scary game. That was really scary. Now, maybe not so much for me, maybe, but my son was very excited about this one. Uh, You play as like a person who's on a train on an island and it's dark and spoopy and chasing you is like the scariest fucking like Thomas the Tank Engine you've ever seen. It's got spider legs. It's got a scary teethy face. Um, and so you like run away on your train and it's chasing you. Um, so you do like some open world stuff when you get off your train, but you run back to your train for safety and like escape choo, choo Charles. And then he comes back. <laughs> I mean, it looks, you know, I, I don't know that it's be for me. Maybe I'll try it. But my son was like very psyched and it did look kind of interesting. So
1: it's like that. Uh, what's that? Five nights at Freddy's kind of Ka- same
0: kind of like. vibe. Yeah. Same kind of vibe, yeah. except for like a train and like, obviously, Obviously, playing off of Thomas the Tank Engine, if you have yeah, memories yeah, of that, yeah. for sure. So, uh, a little to the left is something I was very fascinated by. Um,
1: oh, it feels like unpacking. It feels like it?
0: unpacking. It also feels like um, Wilmot's warehouse a little bit, but basically, it's a puzzle game that is based on organization. So you'll you'll um, I don't know like arrange spoons in a line, and you'll uh, arrange pictures on a wall in a certain way. Um, and so, it, part of it is organization, part of it is puzzle solving, and then also they have a cat. And so, once in a while, this cat shows up and fucks up your shit because that's what cats do, because they're little bastards. <laughs> and so, like, you'll have a puzzle almost done, and then a cat paw will come in from off screen and mess up your order and and do that. But they say that there is some nonlinear thinking. They say there's multiple puzzle solutions based on the logic that you're using. So maybe there's not just one way to do it all, which mm-hmm. I think is pretty cool and interesting. So um, definitely looking forward to that one. Let's see. Nyad was an interesting one. It looks like uh, you play a water spirit. It's like a pretty like chill, laid back, like um, spirit in a stream. I love the animation because it looked like you were flying, but you were also underwater. But it was also like a 2D perspective. And so they put all those elements together really nicely. It looks really like smooth and soothing to play. If it's like a two or three hour experience, that would be perfect. So hopefully it's going to yeah. be like one of those quickie little game hors d'oeuvres that I love so much.
1: Wait, 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 To that point, I don't know what it is. I, I didn't write it down, but there was like a like pastel color rhythm game that looked really good. Mm. Um, very like, like white and blue and pink, and it was like a really relaxing rhythm game. I, I forgot must have
0: missed that one. So those Sorry. were the only ones that I had left on my list.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, just so everybody knows, there's like tons in the PC Gaming Showcase. Uh, I'll maybe bring some of those next episode. And there's, like, three more shows or something. Yeah. There's so, there, we, there was so many games.
0: Nowhere near a comprehensive list by any means. These are just the ones that caught our eye. Based on, they caught our eye. Yeah, based on what we saw. And I, I still yeah. I didn't see anything. So, no way.
1: But all those, like, I'm not saying, like, everyone I want to play, but most of them I do. Like, most of them seemed interesting enough to to want to pick it up.
0: Oh, so. yeah. There's definitely some good stuff coming. So, I think that's all I had for the trailers. Carlos, anything final?
1: Uh, We'll close up the housekeeping. But before we get into the main dish... Yeah? Uh, appetizers are over. Um, <laughs> I want to uh, really quickly touch, like I said, about Diablo. Yes. I think I was going to yes. do it at the end of the show. I'm just going to do it right now. Okay. I won't go into too much of a rant. Again, you know you know my stance on it. Diablo Immortal, it's a free game. It's monetization is ridiculous. It's stupid. It's way too much money. But if you don't pay any money like I'm doing, and you just want a Diablo fix, and you've played the shit out of Diablo 3, you don't want to play that anymore. It's perfect for that. But there's things that people aren't talking about because they're bitching too much about the other stuff, which reminds me, and I won't go into tangent right now, but similar to like world politics and the media stuff where you think people would be talking about one thing, but they're like, it's a bunch of noise, right? And they should be talking about the real issues. And they're talking about this noise. So it's almost like Diablo is like that where like everyone's talking about this insane monetization problem, but underneath there's some really cool things like this. Uh, Basically, you know, again, I don't really feel like I'm grinding too much. I'm like level forty three now. I remember I just started this game what last week last or week? week I think it up? was yeah, yeah. And the cap is sixty, so I'm like getting there.
0: Is that level cap or is that like paywall cap? Do you know?
1: No, that's my point. I don't think there is this suspect like imaginary paywall because yes, I could get be getting there uh, getting there quicker with like more experience points by paying to win that thing. But but not by much because, like, I I just told you. I just started a little while ago. If you want to play at night and play a Diablo-type game and it's relaxing, you're going to level up, you know? Anyways, I want to bring up the things that people aren't talking about. One, uh, oh, I think that has 10 million installs, by the way. That's kind of fucking nuts. No one's talking about that. So, obviously, a bunch of people, like, are playing it. Um, When you go to an area, if you, like, leave stuff behind and, like, you know, you leave the zone, you jump into a portal or something – if you left stuff behind, it brings it to you
0: oh, when you're nice. in the hub world. How, how, how pleasant. How nice. How
1: nice. It goes, hey, you have lost items. And it shows up in your email. Like you have like a little, little mail message thing. It says, we find your lost items for you. Oh, that's cool. good. So you don't have yeah. to like
0: bother to go hoover up everything. You can just, just keep moving. It'll send you your stuff? If
1: it's big stuff. Like it's like, you know, big artifacts or something. Okay. Um, the other thing that's like uh, Elden Ring kind of in a way, and no one's talking about it. But like if you get further enough, like I am, You meet the two factions, and there's the shadows and the immortals. And the immortals are good guys. Shadows are kind of bad guys, but you can join either one. And remember, in Elden Ring, I joined the Hellfire Club. No, that's no, that's
0: Marvel Comics, Uh, and Stranger Things, and Stranger Um, Things. Okay,
1: uh, what's the you know the mansion in Elden? Oh, the
0: volcano, the volcano manor. Volcano, yeah, yeah,
1: manor. So if you do all the you know like little contracts for them, that's in this Diablo Immortal. And so just now before even starting this podcast and I, I just went in and logged in and I'm basically like doing the evil side of it and you can like do this other storyline. Uh, and I think at some point they're going to like let you decide which one you want to go down gotcha. and, and, and to start it real quick, you actually got to play like either fighting a God or like being the God. So if you are the immortals, they let you be the immortal for a minute and you were like, literally it was a different character. Like, not my character. It was just, like, this other immortal god character. And then the other version, the shadow test, is I had to go kill the god as my character. Isn't that cool? Like, a really interesting idea.
0: Yeah, right on. Right on.
1: I know. It's not that big of a deal for everybody. But I'm just saying there's just more little uh, nuances and, like, factions in this game that are interesting I like this game. That's all I'm saying. Cool, cool, cool. Well, since we're doing okay. just a
0: really quick, uh, really quick update, I just want to number one, just heads up to people about Citizen Sleeper. I talked about this, I think maybe last episode. We a- talk
1: about every episode now, I think, for the last. Four I mean, episodes. one of the
0: best games of the year by far. No, no doubt on that. They just announced they're having three DLCs coming, um, which is kind of unprecedented and unexpected for what is basically pretty much a one man show um, at that developer. And it's a very Mm -hmm. small narrative experience. I don't think anybody was expecting them to expand on it. So, three DLCs coming this year. I believe they're all free. So, awesome for that. Uh, Really quickly, I want to give shout outs to Evelyn Rose Hall. We love her. And also Antonio Taylor for the retweets and shares last week. Very much appreciated. Thank you very much, folks. And a quick shout-out to anybody out there who's playing Marvel Puzzle Quest besides me, which is a lot of people. I don't know if anybody listening listens to this podcast is, but I know I am. Um, I've had a lot of people approach me about this, and so I felt like the pressure is rising. A couple years ago, well, probably more than a couple by now, I wrote a list uh, for Paste Magazine, and I ranked every single character in Marvel Puzzle Quest. At the time, it was 115 characters, and right now I think they're up to... I want to say 185 or something like that. Jeez. So people have been asking, Hey, when are you going to update your character ranking? And I've been kind of ignoring it because it's like a real lot of work. Uh, but I've had so many people ask that I feel like it's probably time to do it again. And with like 85 more characters or 75 more characters than it was last time, uh, I have my work cut out for me, but heads up on that. I'll be publishing that in a while. Uh, I, not quickly. Cause it'll take me some time, but if anybody has thoughts, you want to put in a plug for your favorite MPQ character, uh, anything like that, any feedback, anything you want to see in my list, please hit me up and let me know, and I can work that into my article. So heads up on cool. that. Cool.
1: Well, good on you, because that's going to take a while. And also, how much money have you spent on that game? Talking about monetization. I mean, it's,
0: it's a lot. I don't know how much. You don't need to. Um, that's another game right. where you totally don't need to, but I want to. It's funny, too, just a real quick tangent. I play with um, a lot of people in Marvel Puzzle Quest, and there's in-game messaging. So, like, I've had friends... Um, for several years, who we've all been chatting with each other as we play the game. And some of those people have been playing this game for, like, literally five, six years, and have never paid a cent. So, on the one hand, I think it's cool because you can play and have fun and advance without paying a cent. At the same time, I also remind them, hey, this game isn't magical. Like, fairies don't put this together at the North Pole, right? Like, we we there's people, there's people who have families, they have kids to feed, they have to pay rent. Like, we should be paying these people some money because, hey, look, you've played this guy, these people's games for, like, Literally five years in a row and haven't given them a red cent. So like you should probably kick them a couple bucks just to kind of keep the game going. So I don't feel bad about it. I'm happy to support them because this game has brought me so much joy and fun over the last five, six, seven years. Whatever it's been the longest, the longest game I've ever played in my entire life. More hours in this game than any other game in my life. I play it every day. I'm happy to support them. I'm happy to kick them some, some some bucks. And if you ask me to put a price tag on it, I would tell you to shut up and leave me alone because I'd be embarrassed about how much money yeah. I've kicked them over the years. So,
1: Well, there you go. I mean, it's kind of like proving some of my points earlier. But like, yeah, I don't know. I think it's re- like like Blizzard doesn't need more money, obviously. I don't know. Well, wait, who uh, develops slash publishes Marvel game, the Quest game?
0: Marvel Puzzle Quest? Oh, oh gosh, Quest. it's not Blizzard. It's somebody else. It's like another out. Kind of, I don't know.
1: Okay. Well, anyways, I'm just want to, you know, like obviously the big companies don't, don't need need it. Like it's not like a smaller company, um, like you know Blizzard obviously has, and they're they have these you know people paying weird number of money already. Um, but that said, again, just like Genshin Impact, I threw money at Genshin Impact at some point because it's this really good, fun action RPG type game that I was spending like fifty, sixty hours in. Yeah. Uh, you know, if, you, saying, if you if you okay. want to
0: support them, that's one thing. But if you feel like you can't progress without money, that's a bad thing,
1: right? And you know what's weird? And I think that's why Genshin was so good, and their next game might probably just be as good. Because I don't remember getting stopped very much in Genshin either. Well,
0: there you like go. there's
1: so much story that's in that game that I did grind sometimes, but I don't know. Anywho, to anyway, the main fucking main package.
0: portion of the show. Okay, here we go. Lots of games on deck as per usual, folks. Carlos, we're going to kick it off with you as we normally do. Freshly Frosted, if not uh, if I'm not wrong, this is one of the games that was shown uh, at one of these uh, trailers just this past uh, couple days, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was shown off. Yeah, uh, I think I, I, think it. I found see. it um, just because it was on the store. Oh, okay. And then I was reminded of it in the showcase. But I also bring it up because... Day of the Devs. Called...
0: That's where I saw it. Day of the Devs. Day of the Devs,
1: right. Freshly Frosted uh i mean i love donuts who doesn't love donuts come on it's about donuts conveyor belts creating donuts and it's a puzzle game but i also bring it up because ty taylor i know uh i know him here in seattle ty taylor wait a minute he's i know that guy he's indie games guild or whatever what uh, else this,
0: has he made that sounds oh man i'm blanking. No, this is
1: like their first big game uh quantum astrophysics guild is the name of their um I, developer i know
0: he's done some stuff i know i've heard his name before you, you keep talking i'm gonna google it
1: yeah, yeah. I and mean, he's done like, uh, also, he's like worked with the Seattle community in indie games like a lot. So, um, yeah, I went to a, sh- a show once and we- I met him there. And uh, so I just ah, like oh, tumble- now I Tumblestone. It. Oh, Tumblestone. The for Bridge. Sure, yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: okay, okay. I know Ty Taylor. He's been, yes, yes, yes. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Involved in a lot of uh, indie style yes. um, games. So, this is just like a r- nice, relaxing uh, puzzle game. And it has a woman's voice to kind of like lead you through it. And there's uh, not really a story, but like a light narrative happening. And, you know, it's it's very like relaxing because the colors are great. Pastel colors, you're making donuts. Come on. And basically what you're doing is the, the donut conveyor belt is what you're creating on the map. And it starts off pretty small, gets more complicated as it goes. And you're basically like creating the donuts, uh, having it get frosting on it, maybe sprinkles, and then shipping it off, and that you've got to basically create that conveyor belt that goes in one direction. Well, to start, and you know, uh, have it create the donut and then uh, ship it off. And then it gets more complicated because then you have to do things like, which I thought was funny in the beginning. It's like add whipped cream and a cherry, and I was like, I don't think I've ever had a donut like
0: that. That doesn't go on a donut.
1: Well, it did in this one, and you know, then it gets complicated, like different directions. Then you're doing multiple do- type of donuts, so. It wants, like, three plain ones. It wants, you know, two glaze or whatever. And so it gets hectic, but there's a very good uh, hint system. So when you hit, uh, okay, show me a hint, it just gives you part of the conveyor belt. So it's not, like, telling you what to do, but it says, like, this piece is probably right, you know? Gotcha. And I think that's a good way to do hints because then you'll feel like you're just being spoon-fed it. Uh, Yeah, again, uh, really relaxing it all takes place in the clouds. It's like someone's like uh, daydreaming and just kind of looking up the clouds and, of course, daydreaming of donuts, I guess, and conveyor belts. And it's relaxing, and you should check it out. It's less than $10. There
0: you go. Freshly frosted. And you said it's available right now, right? Right now. Check all it out right. for relaxation, check and you'll want a donut. I already want a donut. Thank you. And I certainly don't have one, so damn you. Mm. Oh, man. Okay, moving on. Tales of Vesperia. I was confused because honestly, man, I can't keep all the Tales games together. I was like, did we not talk about this one already, or we haven't? Is this a new one? Is this an old one? What is Tales of Vesperia?
1: Oh, we're doing two of me at first, okay? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, I got a bunch
0: lined up. We got to, we got to knock these out.
1: Uh, I think we're doing this podcast at two times speed tonight, which is funny because I thought we'd be slower, being t- tired and full. Tales of Vesperia is uh, the one that everyone says is one of their favorite Tales games. So that's why I thought I'd check it out. I was hungry for an RPG. Okay. I was recently playing Tales of Zestria.
0: Zesteria, Zesteria. <laughs> Every time you say that, I think of Zestfully Clean, like the soap, like on those TV commercials. Oh, nice. I'm Zestfully Clean. I'm Tales of Zestfully Clean. Yeah. Tales of Zestfully Clean.
1: This is, um, yeah, everyone's favorite one. That got remade. Uh, not remade, but like, you know, New Coat of Paints. Um, well, people say 4K, whatever. Just better visuals. And... It, I won't go too much into it at all. Just the fact that I wanted to try it and want, want, want didn't have as much fun as I thought it would because of a couple of main reasons. One, the characters are that slightly smaller than regular size. Are we characters. talking chibi size? Not chibi, but in between. Okay. And I don't think I've ever played a game with are that size. Hmm. So it's like everybody's about, Four feet tall. No offense
0: to people who are actually four uh, feet who are tall. Four feet tall. No, we love we love short people. Uh, is yeah. this like a?
1: How old is this one? Is this like PS4? Are we talking? It's super old. I don't. We can Google. it. I forget. But this is the remake, right? Or the you know sure remaster. The bones or are
0: from a different generation. The, for sure,
1: definitely. Re- yeah, much older. So and that to that point, I like the story. It's also again uh, all these tales games like I've told you deal with class systems and poor people and rich people. And assholes and you know, whatever, mainly the rich people being assholes. Uh, so I love that kind of story stuff and that's in this. But the problem is the action RPG, it's a very specific kind, Tails does, right? Where they it's almost like you're issuing commands, you're you can do partial automatic, you know, things and, and semi automatic like choices. And it's like you're yeah, it's more like Final Fantasy Thirteen, where you're issuing commands a little a little bit, even though you are attacking with the buttons. But in all the other Tales games, it just works better. And in this one, maybe it's because it's older. It felt bad. And it sucked because I was really into the story and I spent some money on this fucking thing. And I think I'm going to nope.
0: Well, you know, games get better over time, right? So when you go back in time, you got to kind of adjust those expectations, right? So like, oh, this is what this system was uh, 52 iterations ago before they got the hang of it or before they polished off the rough edges. So... I mean, what you're saying kind of makes sense, right? Like, if you're not hardcore in it for the story or because you're a series fan, you just wanted, like, another good time. I mean, sometimes going backwards like that just doesn't work. It's kind of like what you're describing.
1: It is, but also I was not in it just for a fun action RPG. I did want to go into the story, and I like what they're doing, you know? Yeah. Like, I like that cast system or, like, um, you know, different classes and and the negativity versus positivity. It's all there. It's just that the first two guards I fought, like the first time you're fighting ever, like I lost. Or like like I was like losing. And I was like, this should be the easy part, right? You're telling me how to play the game. But I won't go into why. It's just like the controls don't feel good.
0: So yeah, that's yeah, rough. Man. I'm sorry, man. That sucks. It sucks, especially to spend money on it. It's too bad it wasn't like, uh... I mean, did you check Game Pass? Was it on Game Pass first? No, I don't think this is... Remember, Game Pass doesn't have JRPGs, do they? I think they do. Uh I have to mm, check. I'm going to check if it's, if it's... I'm not going to. No, I won't check. I'll check I later. Like then
1: just made me feel bad. But <laughs> also, I think I got a sale or something. But that's still, fine, that, yeah. it bothered me. All right. Uh, I, that's, I think that's the main reason I got it, because it was on sale. All right. Now to you, I'm going to rest my voice. Cause, All right,
0: yes, we've been... Yes. So we've already been talking a lot, and we're just getting started here. We
1: have. No, we're not just getting started. Don't say that. We're just getting started, guys. My throat hurts.
0: Okay. So, first off, Delivery from the Pain... Uh, I got to say, not in love with this title. It's a very strange title. Um, comes to us uh, from an indie studio. I think this is a, oh man, I had, I had all my notes and I didn't have my notes handy. I apologize to everybody. But anyway, this is a developer or a publisher developer. We've had a couple other games from before. Uh, and I believe, I want to say they're in China. I could be wrong. Uh, apologies for not having my notes together. Uh, What's the name of the game again? Delivery from the pain. It's All up right, okay, on the okay. switch store. It's on PC right now. When I took a look at the trailer, it looked like a top down slash isometric version of the last of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and this publisher recently put out some games, which were basically copycats of, uh, older resident evil games. So I thought, oh, okay, maybe that's their jam. Maybe they're kind of like D making a lot of popular games. Um, So the trailer looks exactly like The Last of Us. It looked like a a little Joel and a little Ellie and a little ruined world. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, I thought The Last of Us was okay. Maybe, you know, maybe it would be interesting to play it on the Switch from a top-down perspective. We'll see what this is all about. But it's actually not really what it's about at all. I kind of got tricked on the trailer there. Um, What this is, it is top-down and it is post-apocalyptic, but there is lots of zombies. And it's also really like a crafting slash resource game, which kind of took me by surprise. So basically what you do is you start the game and you go into these little zones on a map like you start your home base and you look at a map and there's all these little question mark houses and you don't know what's there but you know there's a building so you're like I need resources I need food I need to do something I got to pick any of these locations you get there and it's like this is a house or this is a grocery store and then like you don't know what it is so you get there you get there you can decide to search it you go inside. And the combat is real basics. So it's like top down. The graphics are real small. Um, you see some zombies wandering around inside. If you back attack a zombie, um, it does like mega damage. And most of the time it's a one hit kill. If they see you or if for whatever reason you end up not landing the back attack, then like, it's like this like long protracted fight. The combat is not great. It's just like the two of you standing there kind of stabbing at each other until one of you falls. It's not, it's not wonderful, but I think it's okay because the game is not really about combat. Those zombies are just there as obstacles. You're not really meant to like, have a combo system and this is not DMC or anything like that like you know you're really just avoiding them as much as possible and gaining resources Um, when you get into one of these stores there's these little hot spots you can search the hot spots for resources you get back to your house Um, there's like a timer clock you don't want to be out past 6 p.m. because that's when the zombies go aggro Uh, and you have to get some sleep there's also hunger meter tire meter food meter uh, good attitude meter, or like the spirit meter, I think it's called. Mm. Lots of meters, lots of stuff. Now, at first, when I started taking this all in, I was like, oh, God, I'm out. I'm out, I'm out, I'm out. But then I kept playing, and after a while, I was like, you know, this isn't too bad. I'm like, I don't want to play this, but I kind of do want to play this. And I kind of went <laughs> back and forth on it. I think that what really helps is that they really automate a lot of stuff, and they make it pretty painless. So, like, the, the inventory system and the crafting system is pretty genius, actually, because when you take a look at it, you're like, oh, Jesus, like so many menus, so many things are like, I can't keep track of all this. I'm already getting overwhelmed. But you can just ignore all that because it's there if you want to dig into the stats. But if you don't, all you have to do is like go to your crafting table and it tells you right off the bat, these are the things you can make. You can ignore everything else. And so like they kind of automate that part. Um, If when you go to like learn new recipes to like increase your repertoire, you can look at all the stuff available if you want to. But if you don't want to do that, which I don't, they just tell you, here are the five things you can learn. Learn what you want. And if you don't want to go any further than that, you don't have to. So, again, it's like a one-stop shop when it comes to those resources, which honestly is brilliant because I would have noped out like absolutely quickly if I had to dig into those menus, but they, they, they got around that. So I think that was a really smart choice on their part. Um, and I got to say, there's something really addicting about going into a location, grabbing some stuff, bringing it back to your base, you build something and so far the resources have been pretty plentiful like i haven't really run out of food i haven't really run out of resources i've had a rough time building weapons i don't have enough of the weapon making stuff but other than that it's been pretty okay so i feel like Mm. it hasn't really been super difficult if it was difficult i probably would have noped out Um, if there was a lot of menu diving i would have noped out but they've really done a good job on mitigating those things and so basically i'm just kind of in this like zone of like collect, come back to base, grow, go out, collect, come back to base, grow. And it's kind of like real positive loop so far. So I feel like they've really like got a good rhythm to it, which surprised me because I was ready to turn this game off almost immediately. But I'm glad that I didn't because I really feel like it kind of got into like a zone. I'm not saying this is pushing any boundaries. This is not going to convince anybody who doesn't like these kind of resource management games. But I feel like what it's doing is pretty well done. And for someone like me who actually doesn't really like these games, it's kept me in a lot longer than I expected, so I feel yeah. like it's doing a good job, right? Um,
1: that's high praise, right there. Yeah, it's
0: pretty high praise for me because I'll drop a game like in no like no problem, no hesitation if it gives me any friction. And this game has kept me in, and I'm still playing it actually, which is like shocking to me. Um, a couple things I will complain about, though. Again, I don't like the combat. I think the combat is kind of bogus. But again, they're kind of like obstacles. It's not really a combo game. I will say um, it takes too long to get a backpack. Now maybe that's my bad luck. Because you have to have a certain amount of resources to build a bigger backpack. But it's like I pick up six things and I'm full and I got to go back to base and it's just like a big drag. I want to like collect more stuff because it's just t- you're just wasting time on the clock. Like walk there, unload, come back, load up, walk back. You know, like it just feels like you should have started with a bigger backpack. Um, so I haven't got mm-hmm. the better backpack yet. I feel like things will be better once I do. That's kind of a drag. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a pretty small pretty limited game but again i think it does what it wants to do and i think it does it kind of surprisingly well so like if you want one of those games where you're like building a base surviving you're very simply gathering things and a lot of the stuff is automated for you i feel like it's kind of okay
1: i have two questions yeah. one uh well one's just uh, more of a uh i noticed something yeah is i'm getting dismantle vibes
0: i haven't played dismantle yet i bought it but oh, i haven't played it yet
1: yeah, yeah. Uh Dismantle, I, I kind of finally noped out because it is so much to do. Yeah. And I just got tired. Yeah. But I like a that style of a game. And if it was like you said, a smaller kind of portion, that's cool. The second actual is a question. Yeah, like the thumbnail for the game I saw on PS4 now I'm remembering, 'cause it looks like Last of Us. 100%. It, it
0: totally looks like Last of Us, yeah.
1: But they like hoodwink you because it's not that. And also, as I'm looking at some of the cutscenes, there seems to be some sexy pictures. Really? I haven't had any sexy stuff yet. Um. I'm saying, I'm looking right now at a sexy lady and she says, hi, my name is Cassandra. And uh, then she's saying some other sexy things. I don't know. I some, some Maybe later
0: on. I haven't. I mean, I, I met one person and that person died right after the tutorial. Uh, and then I've been alone the whole time. I haven't met anybody else. So I'm sure that maybe wow. later on in the game, but like, it's just been me myself and I and my roasted rat on a stick so far, nothing else. So
1: <laughs> well, you're about to meet and it's not cause it's Catherine, you're going to meet Catherine at some
0: point. I would be open to that.
1: You will be open to that. Uh, Digi potato
0: is a studio. There it is. There it is. All right, cool. So that is delivery from the pain. Um, Kind of surprisingly addicting. It really it really sucker punched me on that one. Um, wasn't mm. expecting that. So uh, kind of a thumbs up. Kind of a thumbs up. But uh, know what you're getting into there. It's not The Last of Us. Um, another game that I'm going to talk about is one that you talked about last week. And speaking of suckers, Sucker for Love, First mm. Date. Man, yep. um, before I get into it, when you talked about it last week, I think you ended up with like the demo version or something. Did you go back to see if you had the full version?
1: I didn't. I got uh, stuck on a bunch of other games. I will. I got to make sure because I know you're playing the full version and I play like the prologue. Yeah,
0: yeah. The developer was kind enough to send us codes. Um, they sent us two codes. I cashed in one and it was the full version. So maybe you just downloaded the wrong thing. You should have the full version available. Um, okay. You were kind of like, you were kind of lukewarm on it, though, weren't you?
1: Yeah. And because, again, mainly it was super short, but I liked what they were doing. Uh, and I liked some of the comedy uh, and the weirdness and the horror, which you'll talk about in a second probably. So I liked it enough. It just was so short that I really couldn't
0: get into it. Gotcha. Yeah. So Sucker for Love First Date. I'll say I love this game. I think this game is the best. I think it's really, really fun. Uh, It is a dating sim slash visual novel slash horror game. Although there's not a lot of... I mean, there is some horrible moments, but it's not like... You're not going to be like cringing away from your keyboard when you're playing this. And I will say also, you know, this game is good if it gets me to play it on PC because it is a PC only game right now. Oh, yeah. I don't play anything but porno games on PC and this is not a porno game. So it's a good game. I really enjoy it a lot. I've really been excited to get into it. Basically, as you covered last time, Carlos, you're a guy. You get this book. You want to summon one of the elder gods. They show up and like what you want to do is smooch them, which I think is hilarious to start with. Um, like there isn't a billion women on the planet already. You couldn't find one of those to, to smooch. I mean, you got, yeah,
1: well, another one
0: of those women shows up in the show and the game too. That, that's very true. That's very true. So you go, um, I really like it because it's super light. It's really fast paced. Um, and I feel like for a visual novel slash dating sim, I like it when they are fast paced. I don't like to like read reams and reams of text. That just, it, it bums me out because most of the time the writing's not that great. I feel like the writing here is just snappy enough. I feel like it moves. There's not too much of it. And it's funny. I feel like there's definitely like some tongue-in-cheek stuff going on. There's a couple really good jokes that are kind of recurring jokes that they do callbacks to, which I think is really good. Um, a lot of just fun stuff. So I think that's really well done. I think also there's just enough gameplay to kind of keep things moving where you're not just clicking text, which is, again, something that I hate in one of these games where all you're doing is clicking text. Fucking boring. This game, uh, after you click the text, there's also stuff to do. Like you do these incantations where there's items in your room. You have to select the right items. You follow, like, this uh, the, the instructions of the book you have. So it's like, oh, put on your robe, put on your your mask, get your dagger, you know, get your sacrifice or whatever. And you're following these instructions. And if you get it wrong, then you have to, like, start over. Uh, but if you get it right, then it advances you. It's not hard. Um, there's been a couple tricky points, especially as you get further in the game. Um, but it's not, like, crazy hard. And if you read the instructions, it's fine. But it gives you something to do. Like, it breaks up the reading, which I think is really important in a game of this type. Like, I just I just don't want to be reading 24-7. I want to be doing something. Otherwise, Mm -hmm. I would just pick up a book. Right. So I got to the end of the first story and there's two possible endings to that with one secret scene. I unlocked all that stuff and I thought it was just great. It was delightful, really fun. I had a great time with it. So I went back to the second uh, chapter, which I'm on right now. That chapter has, I think, six different endings, which is like a lot more than the first one and a lot more branching. A couple more secrets, so that's going to take some more time to go through. Uh, but in a, a really smart move, I really want to applaud this developer. I think it's uh, Akabaka is where it's from. Uh, they 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 know where the problems with this genre are. Where if you branch off in the story, you want to be able to get back to that branch and see the other choice. Like everybody does that. You want to get all the endings. Oh, well, what?
1: Not everybody does that. I do not do that, but I get what you, you mean. You don't do you okay. want that. I
0: I, yeah, I, I think most people who play visual novels in general probably go back and get all the annex i think that's pretty common for the genre maybe not everybody but mm-hmm. i think it's a pretty common thing so what they, they they make it easier for you because when you go to the menu you can pick any branch at all they, they map out all the branches for you you just click on the one you want to go to you fucking go right there problem solved oh, no problem interesting the other thing that makes it super easy you hold down control the text scrolls through at fucking light speed which is great because scrolling through text you've already read is the biggest fucking bummer on earth especially when you're trying to figure out What's the secret that I missed? What's the choice that I missed? So being able to go directly back to where you want to go and scrolling through the text at light speed is fucking amazing. I'm so grateful because once you know what you're doing and you want to just make one different choice, uh, the playthrough takes like five minutes. Like it's super fast to get through and just see the ending, see the ending, make a choice, see the ending, go back, see the ending, do a different choice, go back and do it. I love that you can do it so fast and just iterate on that. Brilliant fucking stuff. So kudos, big time kudos. Um, can i take a quick yeah. tangent yeah, and yeah. say
1: kudos to that because it, you know it's accessibility right absolutely so good.
0: quality of life
1: but um to my point uh, i was talking with uh phelan bowman uh she's used to be in kitty and she's on twitter you should check her out she's awesome what is her name phelan like uh, bowman uh, she did uh, was in the band kitty and uh, does like twitch stream for games okay. and stuff okay anyways we were tweeting and uh uh, I don't know how it came up, but Dragon Age Inquisition came up. Oh, because they showed the the animation that's coming out. Oh, a Netflix, yeah, yeah, Netflix. So we were excited about that. And then she was talking about Inquisition and how much she liked it, whatever. But she's like, I'm gonna go back and like play it again, like it's my my fourth playthrough or Whoa. something, and like get all the dragons and all this stuff I've forgotten about. And um, I told her what I'm telling you. Uh, it's kind of like an, in uh, another way of saying it with visual novel is when I play a game. I play once through, and that's canon, right? You know what I mean. I just I could not even do it. I, I'm like, this is how it was. This is how it always was, and this is how it always will be. Sure. And so, like Dragon Inquisition, I was like, it's such a fun game for me, and you know, you didn't maybe like it as much, but I'm like, do I re-download it right now because it it was so fun? But I know what happened, right? You know, and right. I, I, I don't think I'm going to. So
0: I mean, I'm, I'm with, with you. novel. I'm with you in general because like if you wanted me to play the witcher again or if you wanted me to play like mass effect again two of my favorite games i would make literally the exact same choices every single time like i wouldn't change it because like you that's kind of canon in my head that's what happened that's what i did um so i'm with you like oh yeah i i totally get where you're coming from and i agree in large part but for a visual novel like this where you can get funny scenes and like extra funny dialogue and weird things can happen um you know like for example in the very first storyline uh your elder goddess shows up and she's like okay i'm gonna take a shower don't peek and i'm like well i have to peek but you know obviously there's a branch right so like i choose to not peek and then you got to go back and you have to peek. you have to peek like you can't not peek so then that's like an example of like where i would want to really quickly go back and just make like the second choice and see what would happen right right right. nothing major and they even account for that in the story i'm not going to spoil anything but um regardless of which ending you pick the developer was smart they accounted for that and they have a story-based um reason for how you replay things so i thought that was all very clever i thought it was very well done very well put together it's cute it's super cute it's really funny i like the voices i love the quality of life choices it's good enough to get me playing on the pc which is incredibly rare if you listen to the show if you know me i love sucker for love first date if you like visual novels if you like dating sims if you like lovecraft slash cthulhu you gotta check it out i'm having just the best time i love it
1: I have one question and then an, uh, a comment. Yeah. The comment is, I'm going to go back to it, so I, we can like maybe talk about the spoiler ending or something. Oh, yeah, you know? sure. Again, for me, canon, whatever the one-shot um, path I take. But the question was, did you, and this is a minor spoiler, but not that big of a deal, skip ahead two minutes, is did you try to break up with the first girl? I did not, not at all. Did you know that you could? I did know you? you
0: could, but I did not try it because as Lovecraft fan that I am, I wanted to see what would happen if you followed the traditional arc of a traditional Lovecraft story. And okay. it went exactly where I thought it was, and I was very happy with that.
1: <laughs> okay. I did that too. I didn't bring up with the but I just, the fact that the option was there was like cool.
0: Yeah, you can do that. Um, yes, absolutely.
1: Before we for, before I forget, uh, Fallon, um, she has uh, music. You should check it out. It's uh, called Amphibious Assault. Uh, and her her Twitter is uh, F-A-L-L-O-N-B-O-W-M-A-N, electronic and rock music. It's just really awesome, so check out her stuff.
0: Awesome. Excellent. Check that out. All right, Sucker for Love, First Date, that's a thumbs-up. Delivery from the pain, that's a surprising thumbs-up, but still a thumbs-up. Yeah. All right, back to you, Carlos. Lost Ruin. Tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, this came out of nowhere. I saw the trailer. I think it popped up on PS4. Uh, Went for it. It's got this... um, simple 2d art style pixely it's a kind of a hoary survival action platformer so left to right right to left you play as an anime style girl a bunch of other anime style girls are in this as well that's the kind of art style pixely like i said um and there's monsters and bosses like huge bosses too but it's not that type of game where you know you think it's just running around uh, going back metroidvania style you know killing things upgrading yourself it's really a survival game because you start off you're a girl with amnesia of course of and course. you're in a dungeon and you meet some other people and they're like oh yeah reasons there's a you know <laughs> reasons is my favorite justification in
0: games i love reasons
1: <laughs> yeah reasons and there's like this person in control and there's monsters or whatever but when you get in there there's simple things like, uh, okay, so there's water. No, there's fire somewhere, and you can't go to the fire area because you'll get burned, so you have to, like, uh, hit something and make it, like, blow up or pour, pour water on it so that you can get to the, th- the items, that kind of stuff. It's so, like, some puzzle solving. Um, there's, like, uh, you literally have, like, meters, which I don't normally like, but uh, it's, like, health meters, obviously, and magic meters, but then, like, yeah, different things will help you along the way. Where it be weapons, or they'll be like um, like an electric wand where you like shoot like lightning bolts, or like you know bottles of stuff like almost in Castlevania, like you throw a little bottle and it blows up. But all those are limited, right? And there's limited save spots, so you really have to like choose everything very wisely. Uh, whether it be like you're trying to fight this monster and you don't want you can only take so many hits, so you have to like pick what you're gonna attack them with. Or because you can't get past this puzzle area because you wasted all your shit, you know, like you wasted all your water bottles or something. I'm doing a poor job of this, but it's definitely more survival than the trailer leads on to. Because the trailer looks like you're fighting these huge, really cool looking monsters and bosses. But most of the game, and I've spent like a few hours of the game already, is that I'm just like figuring out each room, right? Like it's 2D style and and I'm figuring out how I should tackle it.
0: Interesting. So it's a
1: little slower than it looks like from the trailer.
0: Well, I'm watching the trailer as we're talking about it and I you know, I I looked at it in the store and I didn't really pay too much attention to it, but now that you're talking about it and I'm watching the trailer, I'm like, you know what? This actually looks like a pretty cool game. The art is really detailed pixel art, which I really am a fan of. It's really cute designs and I kind of like what it's doing, but it's interesting because as I'm watching the trailer there's not a single meter anywhere on any of the screens like none of that's on screen it's just the combat and it oh, looks to
1: the top left I don't know that's weird
0: maybe I'm watching a different one I'm watching I mean there's a couple different trailers, but the one I'm watching like no meters whatsoever it's just like they're doing action it looks kind of like Castlevania like or just really actiony so it's not that actiony then
1: no it doesn't feel like that like I feel like when you're doing action it's almost like you're at a disadvantage hmm. like later on you'll probably get better weapons. I think in the beginning, and I have a save point now, so I have like a rusty sword, a dagger. The dagger's faster, but it does less damage, you know, that kind of stuff. So it's almost like it has an RPG element to it. But then like the magic wand shoots like fireballs, right? And, but that has limit. Like there's like three. You hmm. know, you can shoot three fireballs.
0: Interesting. So when I went into
1: a room, I was like, okay, how do I tackle this room? Because I don't want to just shoot all my fireballs because they'll be gone. Um, And the meters are mainly like, you know, again, RPG meters, right? Like magic points and health. Um, But like you get things like sodas and food and that replenishes your health over time. So that's why I'm saying it's kind of like a meter where it's not just like get health potion and you're back to normal. It's like eat apple and, like, over time... And digest healing. Apple,
0: and then take a yeah. nap, and then you feel better when you wake up from a nap. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, not that's interesting, because,
0: apple. I mean, what you're saying does not come through at all in the trailer. Like, it looks just like a side-scrolling, action-y game. Which, I mean, to be fair, looks great. I, I, I think maybe I will probably go for it, because what you're describing is kind of up my alley, and it looks really cute. Well, um, and that's the
1: other thing. It's more relaxing than the thing I thought it was going to be. Mm. Because, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not, like... I remember it was such a good... It was a relaxing evening. I, like, needed something to, like, space out with... And I thought I was just going to go in and kill a bunch of things, you know, and be like, oh, I'm the badass anime girl. But instead, I was like methodically going through and like timing my jumps, you know, beating this trap, talking to this new character, saving my game. And it just felt like, yeah, relaxing. Wow. And I, here's an example. It's like there's a one area like you go to a screen, there's a monster there and they're in the water. Classic in the water means you're going to like electrocute him. Right. So you like shoot your magic wand. And uh shoots lightning bolts and electrocute them. But then I electrocuted myself because oh, I was in the water.
0: Gotcha.
1: Uh, so I died and they died. And then I had to restart. So that's the kind of thing. It's like almost trial and error. Hmm. Uh, okay. And I th- can't even imagine. Maybe you get
0: stronger and stronger over
1: time because the bosses they show in the trailer are
0: huge. Question? Question for you real quickly. Um, watching the trailer, it shows that this person is going through like like several different characters. It looks like there's like nine or ten different characters. Have you gotten a new character yet? No, I haven't. I saw a
1: lot of characters that you can meet, but I didn't know that you were playing a bunch of characters.
0: Hmm. It looks like they're switching through in this trailer, so that looks pretty interesting. They are like a devil girl. There's like a witch girl. There's like a some kind of other person. I'm not sure, like a fighter or something. It seems like you're switching through different characters. So maybe that adds more actiony element to it. But yeah, it's funny. It's funny, you know, and often. Um, you know, not to accuse anybody of anything, but like recently I feel like I've played a lot of games where the trailer is not necessarily accurate representation of what the game is. I mean, case in point delivered from the pain ended up being a completely different experience of what I thought it was going to be. So I would not have gotten that uh, impression whatsoever from the trailer, but uh, what you're describing doesn't sound bad to me, dude. Like I, I I gave it a pass when I was looking at the store, but I think maybe I'm going to go give it a closer look.
1: Yeah, you should. And I think you only play as the, the main character. Um, they show a bunch of other characters. I
0: don't think you switch. Hmm, interesting.
1: I don't know. Anyways, but the bosses look really cool, too. Look at watch the trailer. Yeah, like, all of it looks bosses. great. I
0: mean, the graphics are actually really well done. So
1: Beautiful. So I'm still going to keep playing it. And again, you can play it kind of at your own pace and relaxing. Interesting. Check it out. Check it
0: out. Okay. Uh, let me talk for a minute about Spellforce 3 Reforced. Um, oh,
1: interesting. You always do that. Like you'll mention a game I've been thinking
0: about. And then I yeah. go, It's because I'm, I'm stealing your brainwaves, Carlos do it got that uh antenna dish set up on my house it's aimed right at your house and i just steal all your thoughts that's weird yeah okay a lot of stuff i can't bring up on this podcast please don't (laughs) spell force 3 reforced um this is a hybrid like rpg slash rts um and i'm not big on rts games but i i try a lot of them because i feel like one of these is going to click one of these days um so I tried this one out, and this is not that one. This is not, this oh, is not one of those. No. It is a very PC-feeling game. I you know I don't know how, how to put that better, but it feels very much like something that was born on and meant to be played on the PC in terms of how the menus are laid out, in terms of what you do. But they've done a good job of bringing it to console. I played it on the Xbox, um, and I feel like it worked pretty well with the controller. But the problem, despite having pretty good controls, is that there's like a lot of menus and there's like a lot of stuff going on and i felt like almost overwhelmed immediately from the get-go where you have a team of like three people but you have to like herd them together you can you can push a button and group them together and they go together but then if something happens they'll branch off from each other so you got to kind of like micromanage your people a little bit each one has individual abilities but it's like you're on a zoomed out map top down like most rts games so it kind of feels difficult to, to figure out what's going on exactly and to kind of get things going with purpose now to be totally totally fair to the developers and to this game i am the furthest thing from an rts veteran that you can be i don't i don't play very many of these i am not an expert in the genre i may have been playing games for like 35 years but this is not a genre i've spent much time with. so to be totally fair i could easily see somebody who was an rts pro going oh you noob, whatever like you do this and this and you know this is easy and like whatever that's very possible, right? I'm not claiming cred on this in any way. So just Mm -hmm. as a newcomer coming to it, I felt overwhelmed. Um, I felt like I was drowning in menus. I felt like there was way too much stuff to look at, way too many stats, way too many windows. It just was really, really overwhelming. Um, I got into uh, a town at the first uh, start of the game, and I got kind of confused. I couldn't figure out how to progress. I looked like there was a person I was supposed to talk to, and I kept pressing all the buttons, and I couldn't figure it out. And then I thought maybe this is not the right place I'm supposed to go. So I spent some time. Turns out I was just hitting the wrong button. I wasn't doing things in the right order, which could have been cleared up. So that was kind of mm. frustrating. Get into my first battle. And I thought I had my three people grouped together. And then all of a sudden one of them disappeared because they, I don't know, like were chasing an enemy off screen or something when I didn't tell oh, them to. Pathfinding or Yeah, like yeah. it's just like the AI kind of took over. And like that guy kind of disappeared. And I didn't know what happened to him. And then my remaining guys, I was like, oh, man, what are we doing? Like we're just like standing here like whacking each other like i just i just couldn't get into the combat um i just didn't feel like i was walked into it enough and you know again that could be just me as an rts noob maybe a lot of this stuff is really basic for people who are experienced with the genre but coming to it pretty fresh i felt like i was drowning and i just didn't feel like i ever got my foothold and i just didn't feel like i wanted to stay with it for very long just really overwhelming not very welcoming Um, a lot of windows a lot of menus a lot of stuff happening on screen really kind of tough to tell what was going on at any one given point so I just a lot of frustration, honestly, just like a lot of frustration. And I just I didn't end up bouncing. So I did not get very, very far with it. Well, I'll
1: say this, uh, in your defense. Uh RTS is in general, either you could have that mindset or you don't. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think I did I think I had it more back in the day when um there was fewer games. Yeah. We've never talked about that. But there was actually a time where there was fewer oh, actual yes. games. I remember that. I
0: miss those days a little bit, dude.
1: So, you know, on the PC or back then, you know, just like my homemade PC, I was like, oh, this is a new game. So I'm going to try, you know, Warcraft or whatever. And so people just played those games. But I think I had more of a aptitude for it back then. Yeah. But now, if you give me that, like, option of, like, having to, what's it, drag and drop a box around exactly, people. Exactly, exactly. And the, your personal, as soon as you said that my person was somewhere else, I got, like, the fear yeah. you know like i started trembling a little because <laughs> it bothers me i get anxious when that that yeah. style of game that's exactly like,
0: what it was dude i had no idea what was going on and i didn't know how to control it and it was like it was just not a pleasant experience
1: mm, okay yeah please. i'm not gonna play it
0: spell force 3 i am sorry i'm sure you're probably a fine game but we are we are this date is not continuing this this was not a match so i'm gonna yep. get out of this one um Talking about next, Soldiers, S-O-U-L-D-I-E-R-S. This is a 2D, kind of a Metroidvania, which had some really cool pixel art, which is really what grabbed my attention. Um, It's one of those games that takes a lot of inspiration from Dark Souls, and I think takes it incorrectly. Um, Because it's called Soldiers, S-O-U-L. Yeah, you know, Soldiers, soldiers, which is strange. I I mean, I don't know why they picked that, but... Um, They take stuff like um, a dodge, but also a block, but they both have meters, kind of like in Elden Ring or like in Souls. I don't think a game like this needs those things. It it felt out of place to me. Um, The difficulty was really high. I felt like even on the easiest level, uh, which I believe I put it on, uh, it felt like the difficulty was like way too tough at the beginning of the game. It didn't feel like very much of a ramp. It was just like slamming into a brick wall. Um, and honestly, um, I didn't feel like it really brought anything new to the table. I mean, it was cute looking, but it was just like a 2d actiony kind of a vaguely souls flavored, um, you know, action game. But I mean, there's a lot of those, bro. Like there's a ton of those. Um, and it didn't really stand out now the what I thought was going to be the hook boy, it's funny that we're talking about trailers this, uh, this episode, because this is another one where I felt like it had a deceptive trailer. Because, yeah,
1: we talk about trailers to start, and now we're talking about oh, trailers man, in the game. It's funny
0: that we're talking about this now, and we didn't plan this at all. It's just naturally happening. But like in Soldiers, the other thing that convinced me to give a shot besides the pixel art was that when you look at the trailer, it shows a scout, which is like a melee guy, an uh, archer, and a magician, and it shows those three characters, and it's like, oh, like it, it gives you the very strong impression that you're rotating between them. It gave me the idea that you would be like, oh, I'm going to start with a soldier. I'm going to melee this guy oh, maybe I get into a situation where uh, you know, ranged combat would be better, and then I'll swap over to being the archer, and then maybe I need the magic user for whatever reason, and I'll switch to him. That was the impression I got from the trailer. That was absolutely the wrong impression. That is not what this game is in any way whatsoever. When you start this game, you must pick one class, and you stay as that class for the rest of the game, which to me what? was like, what is even the point? Why did you even bother showing me? Why did you cut your trailer like that, number one? I felt like that was very deceptive. Number two, what is the point? Because if you could change the classes, I think that would be way more interesting and give way more texture to the gameplay. As it is, you're picking one of those classes and sticking with them for the rest of the game like any other game out there. And honestly, like I didn't feel like the combat was that great. And it was really difficult. So like the cool selling point that I thought I was getting wasn't even in the game. So I felt mm. kind of like misled by that. So, um, I just didn't like it very much. It just was pretty standard. I will say, I do have some appreciation appreciation for how they divided the map. It wasn't just like a huge Metroidvania map. It was divided up into zones, which I think was kind of cool because Metroidvanias can sometimes get really big and out of hand. But other than that, it was pretty standard, straightforward. It didn't really bring new to the table. It kind of took some wrong inspirations from the Souls games. And the hook of switching characters wasn't even really in the game. It was just... I guess what i was led to believe from the trailer or maybe that was just my misunderstanding but that was really the impression i got from the trailer so it was not what i expected and honestly i you know i just don't think it's anything to really recommend
1: well the thing that always makes me back away is if it's too hard right like it and that's what you're saying it's really difficult it's unnecessarily
0: yeah. difficult yeah
1: if yeah, you had those it. meters in like a third person kind of setting or even first, per- I don't think they have in first person, but like third person, it kind of makes sense sometimes. You get a big epic game, you know, like Elderly. Yeah, Rang. yeah. But in this one, yeah, it seems like it's so fast anyhow.
0: Yeah, um, it just, I just I just felt like, I mean, and maybe this is wrong of me to say, but like my gut feeling was we really like Souls and it's cool to have a stamina meter and cooldown meters just like Souls does, so we're going to do that too. But I just, I really didn't feel like it It fit here. It didn't make a lot of sense yeah. to me. So. All right, that was two whiffs for me. Uh, Carlos, back to you for Industria. Yeah,
1: we have like one or two more games, mine and yours. I have one more one after
0: more. this, and then I'm out.
1: All right, one more each. So I'm going to end mine on a high note. Uh, this is a game that came out uh, by Bleak Mill as the developer. It came out a while ago, I think the end of 2021, we decided. Uh, but it just came out on console, so I picked it up on the PlayStation 4. I don't know, by the way. I do turn my Xbox on sometimes, but I don't know if it's on I'm Xbox. sure Can it you is. just check for me? I'm, yeah, Can I'll check. You check? Yeah, I'll check. Um. Because I, that's where it popped up, and that's where I bought it. But I'll uh, wait for your answer. Hold on. Yeah, you can. Do yep. Do yep. okay. Well, if I would have had it on my Xbox on, I would have bought it there. Uh, anyways, it's a game that is uh, a first-person game. Uh, I won't call it a shooter because there's definitely shooting in it, but it's not just a shooter. Uh, it takes place in East Berlin in the 80s but in an alternate timeline, which I am a sucker for. Oh, and speaking of trailers,
0: oh, let bring shit. it all the
1: way back around. The trailer for this is what got me to buy it because the trailer shows and is very much in the game, so not misleading at all. The trailer shows the regular game, which is kind of post-apocalyptic, different timeline, alternate reality of the 80s, right, in Berlin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it also shows these quick little cutscenes, vignettes in black and white that have weird music, and feel like just creepy and different. And that juxtaposition of both of those was what sold me. Okay. Cause I was like, "It's oh, it's not just this game I think it's gonna be, it's also these weird little cutscenes and vignettes. So, like I said, the game is, you're a woman and you are in East Berlin in the 80s. Again, an alternate timeline, so not our, our 80s. And the wall's coming down, I think, that's when it happened, right? The 80s, it's on television. And it, there's touchstones that it feels like it's, you know, the 80s in Berlin. But you are looking for uh, this guy you're involved with. They don't really say how. And he's a scientist. And he leaves you a message and says, like, you know, all this stuff's going on. I've got to go do something. Don't follow me or something. Of course, you have to go figure out what's going on with him. So you go to the lab. and And this is all in the very beginning. And instead of, like, you know, you're trying to figure out what happened, you find, like, some machine that he's been working on, get transported to this other place, another reality, essentially, that looks like our place, but it has robots in it. They're called Atlas. Uh, and it feels very much like Near Automata. Okay. Where like, you know, robots have been around for a while and it's been kind of an uprising and stuff. Terminator, I guess, as well. And you're just trying to find what happened to him, like what's going on with him. And there's all this really weird, I won't spoil any of it, but like time dilation stuff. Cause now it's like later in time and you're just trying to figure out what's going on. And then every once in a while and you're in this world, you're just trying to piece things together. Uh, I don't even know when it happens. It just happens randomly. I guess sometimes you cut, do these like uh, it just switches to this black and white time, black and white scenes and you're walking around. So you're still controlling it. But these really weird, like kind of simple uh, metaphor kind of scenes take place. Uh, a good example is I think it happens every time you end up in a movie theater and it feels a thousand percent like David Lynch. Gotcha. Where like I walk into the movie theater, I'm watching a guy like levitate, you know, and like this weird music's playing. And I just feel like it's telling me something kind of, but it's in a Lynchian way. Yeah. And then it goes back to the Berlin in the eighties. So just a really cool juxtaposition. I don't know how that's going to come together, but it's enticing. Um, And then the other thing is that this game starts as a kind of like, you have no weapons, and you find like a pickaxe, and you can do some basic survival stuff. And then it's like puzzles, so you're doing a lot of puzzles, trying to figure things out, you know, handles, mixing things together. And then you get your first gun, and again, robots are mean in this game, so you got to fight robots, and your gun is underpowered and shitty, and you run out of bullets. Then you get a machine gun, and you see where I'm going with this. Yep. Yep. And it just, it's it really does like ramp up and you still feel much better about the combat. Because in the beginning I was like, oh, this is one of those games where it's more more about the story. They, they didn't do combat well. It's okay. I'll just see if I can get through the story, you know? But no, it gets better. Like it literally gets better. It gets, you get a shotgun at some point and the the animation's pretty good, like, you know, blowing robots' heads off and stuff. So it's enticing. It's a weird timeline, parallel reality. You know me, I'm all in for that. Uh, it's interesting That's it's in 80s Berlin, but uh, that's where it's set. And yeah, it's got Bioshock vibes, and it's got David Lynch vibes, and it's got near Automata vibes. Mm. All those together equals
0: Carlos. Man, right. I mean, I'm out, dude. None of that sounds I know, good to I me. Know, <laughs> I know, I know,
1: I know. Those are all selling points to myself and to people who like listen uh, who know like yeah. me and might like me. But also, I will say this. I know you're out. The only negative was some of the puzzles are a little too, like, uh, not esoteric. What's the word? Um, Obscure. Obscure, I guess. Cryptic. Cryptic. And then the other thing is it's not 60 frames, and you know me. Oh, man. You know me. I know you. 60 frame snob, they call me.
0: (laughs) Wait, that's a good
1: T-shirt. We should make that and sell it. 60 frame frame snob.
0: snob. So Wait, that's the name of the episode. Is it? I was thinking it was the name of the episode. Is it pretty rough? Is it pretty rough for you? To, is it tough it's to get through? It's not rough,
1: rough, but you. I had to go also change the uh, – you know how you change the sensitivity settings? Yeah. Because it was already – I knew it was like 30 or whatever. And so if it's 30, I always have to make that sensitivity way high. Oh, by the way, that's a pro tip for everybody pro listening. Pro tip, home. pro tip. You change the sensitivity so it moves faster, and it gives you a little bit of that, you know. Fluidity
0: back. Gotcha.
1: So that's the only thing I don't like, but you're not like running and gunning all the time because you really are like resource managing and finding some shit and doing puzzles and reading pages and stuff. So for me, if you like Bioshock, if you like me, the style of games I like, and if you like David Lynch, that's the biggest surprise of this. Those cutscenes are really, really interesting.
0: Hmm. interesting. It's a
1: big thumbs up for me. Industria. Right on. Check it out. Right on.
0: Well, I know uh, the people who reviewed it for us at Game Critics really liked it as well. doesn't seem like my jam, but I'm all for stuff like this, and it seems like it's really checking all your boxes. So right on yeah i'm gonna finish it cool 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 all right final game of the show is for me it is vampire the masquerade swan song
1: interesting were you looking at this one i was looking at that one because it has a kind of an rpg element in the way or choice decisions
0: or something yes it does did you ever play we talked about this before but did you ever play the council that came out like maybe two three years ago
1: you made me play a couple. I don't know which ones I've played. I played the text adventure one,
0: mm, it wasn't uh, that one.
1: or visual novel one. And then I don't think I played the I one don't, you're talking I about.
0: You do, I don't know if you played this. So uh,
1: just a third person, right? The third other one? person. Yes.
0: Yeah. So yeah. let me back up just a minute. It'll all make sense. Uh, let me just, let's give me a second here. So a couple years ago, a game called the council comes out where you play an investigator. You go to an Island that is filled with the Illuminati uh, of the day. And it was like George Washington, um napoleon uh like a a bunch of like you know like luminaries of the day back then and so you talk to them it was a narrative rpg which had uh puzzles it had investigation it had clues it had skills it felt like the next level iteration of a telltale game where it's like a telltale game but actual stakes that were based on your skills and your deduction um, and they had a really cool thing in that game, which were called, I think it was called like challenges or something like that, where you would get into like a verbal argument with someone and mm. you would try to win them over with logic, with uh, like being a good liar or knowing your historical facts or being just really good at rhetoric or something. Like there was a couple different ways to go, right? And so, like, you would get into an argument. So, let's say, for example, if you got into an argument with Napoleon, dude was like a genius about military stuff so like if you were trying to argue with him about military stuff you would lose but he also like i don't know he like really loved like the monarchy or something like that or maybe got it backwards whatever it doesn't matter but if you took that angle because you knew that about him you would like be able to win him over to your side and convince him so all right. of the challenges in that game were like narrative discussions where you had to like argue with your opponent and get them to come to see your side or at least to not fight you anymore that whole system that I just described—RPG, skills, investigation, exploration, narrative, verbal challenges—all of that is in Vampire Swan Song. This is by the same developers. This feels like, like the Council, like next level, where they've just they've upped everything and mm. taken it the out. So if you like the Council, I know only like nine people played it. I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> that game I thought was fucking awesome, and it was amazing. It was rough. But boy, it was brilliant. It was swinging for the fences, and I really loved what it was doing. So, if you like that system, that's all in Vampire Swan Song.
1: Quick question before we move on. Yeah. In console and in Swan Song, is there actually leveling up, though?
0: There is leveling up. Yes, there is. Oh, okay. So, how this works is this takes White Wolf's, uh, you know, tabletop Vampire the Masquerade. It's been an RPG forever. Uh, you know, they take the same systems, the same, all of the lore, all of the the words like all of the clans like all that stuff if you know vampire the masquerade you're gonna know all this stuff like right off the bat it's very faithful to the source material if you don't know that stuff like i don't know it that well there's like this in-game encyclopedia that tells you like all the words and all the terms Um, but most of the time you can just skate by i don't have to read it if you don't want to you play as three different vampires which i think is pretty cool there's been um, a disaster in boston and in america there's like a secret society of vampires that nobody knows about and they are the masquerade, right? Like they're hiding. Um, they don't want humans to know about them, but they control like everything. They control the government. They control the banks. They do like all that stuff because they've been around forever. Something happens. A bunch of vampires get killed, and the remaining vampires are like, "Oh shit, that's not supposed to happen. What the fuck is going on?" They pick three vampires to go investigate. So the first one is um, uh, she's like uh, a dancer. She's like a, a daughter of slaves from slavery times. Um, she became a dancer and she's been around since, you know, like way back in the day. Her specialty is like being really nimble. She can like teleport and blink kind of like, uh, um, what is that uh, what's that game that you like where you blink? Mm, uh, Dishonored? Yeah, Dishonored. Exactly. Thank oh, you. wow. I got it. So just like that. Uh, the second person is a person who is like halfway delusional. She just got out of a mental institution, but she has premonitions. And so that's what's making her crazy. She can see the future. She can see the past and so she's got that going for her she can also turn invisible the third is like this uh i don't know, like kind of like enforcer guy where he's kind of like um like the muscle he's got strong presence he's got strong charisma so he can like kind of intimidate people um like you know not a, not a like a like a roughneck but just kind of like a guy who you're like oh I, I don't want to mess with this guy he seems like he's got his shit together and i probably he'd probably be my, beat my ass if i tried to get in a fight with him right so like you have these three different vampires each one takes a different chapter, and they each go to different different levels where it kind of tests their different um, abilities. And so, like, one level, you might go to somebody's apartment, and you have to, like, search their apartment for, like, clues, put the clues together. Uh, one person is in jail, and so you got to use your skills to get out of jail. Um, and one person is, like, an, you know, doing, like, all sorts of talking to people and, like, reading their minds and stuff like that. But you can build your characters however you want to. Like, you're not locked into it. So you can start with a fresh character if you want to. And every time you get through the end of a level, you get certain experience based on how many things you did and how many things um, you won. So like, say, for example, if you find all the clues, um, you can certainly get through a level without finding the clues. Uh, if you win all of your verbal challenges and you can get through a level without winning them all. Um, like however successful you are it gives you points. You can allot those to like different vampire powers, different skills. You can up the skills that you have, like build your character however you want. Like it's not like a giant skill tree, but I think there's enough where each person feels pretty different to me and they all have different mm. specialties. So I really like that a lot. I love the conversation system. Um, I love the use of the IP. I feel like it's very effective. I feel like it's a very good and very faithful interpretation of the vampire stuff. I've played several vampire games over the years, and I'm pretty—I'm f- not super familiar with it, but I definitely am, like, you know, familiar with it. Um, so I feel like they do a good job of that. And I just, I just love the idea of crafting a narrative non-combat RPG. Like, there's no fighting. There's no guns. Like, this is all about, like, winning people over, using your vampire powers, Um, there's a couple meters in here that you have to contend with, which it it was just like that in the council where if you cause too much suspicion by doing goofy things and making fuck ups, people will trust you less. You'll have less cred. It'll be harder for you to win arguments. If you get caught doing something like you're not supposed to be doing, like investigating somebody's apartment, um, you'll lose cred that way too. If you just lose arguments over and over, like if you just, you try things and you just don't win it gets tougher for you because they, they think you're like a peanut rather than somebody who's somebody to be reckoned with. Um, mm. So all those things kind of factor into it, which I think is really good. I, I mean, I love it so far. I think it's really hitting all of the same switches for me that the council did. Um, I will say though, one thing that I don't like about this game is that there is no saving whenever you want to, which I feel like in the council helped me a lot because I often made mistakes and I often misunderstood things where I thought somebody liked something, but they didn't. Or like, I thought it was, charming enough to get win them over and I didn't or something like that and like being able to, to go back and reload a save uh, really like saved that a lot for me um, in in terms of me progressing the way that I wanted to there's no saving in this like it's like you do what you do and whatever happens happens so oh, the stakes like
1: I was saying earlier canon it's yeah, all canon like
0: whatever you do is canon there's no going there's no take back scenes right hmm. um, the only way you can do a take back scenes is if you replay the entire level over um, and that's a lot so like if you're if you really feel that strongly about it you get to the end of the level, and you're like, oh, man, I fucked something up, and I really want to do that. They'll let you have, like, one go back, but then you've got to do, like, everything in the level again, which is, like, a lot. So mm, I haven't yeah. done that yet, and I don't think that I probably will. Um, so I don't like that you can't save anywhere. I mean, I get I get why they do it because, honestly, I'm on the edge of my fucking seat sometimes when I'm like, oh, Jesus. Yeah. I don't want to get into an argument with this guy because I don't think I'm going to win, and then you're in it, and you're like, fuck, here I am. So what do you do, right? Um, the other thing that I think I'm I maybe not so keen on is I feel like, I don't know if this is true, but I suspect that when you finish this game, I suspect they might want you to go back and replay it. I don't know that that's right or not. But as you start the game in the very, very first level, you meet a lot of people where it's like impossible for you to win the arguments. And I think some of it is tutorialization, which is fine. But like when you get to the end of the level and it says, where did you fail? It shows you these things you failed at. And it's like, well, if this was a tutorial, I, you know, there's got to be a way to win that because otherwise, why would you ding me? Because I you know, if if I'm supposed to lose as part of the tutorial, that shouldn't count as a loss. Like, it's part of me learning the game. But it seemed like, to me, like, there was things that I could have won if my character had been specked out different. But, like, you wouldn't know that unless you had already played the level. And I suspect that maybe, like, after you go through the game once, you level the characters up. Maybe you come back and play through it again, and you're, like, more mm. capable the second time around. I am just I bet you. I'm making that up. Like, I mean, I don't know if that's true, right? But that's my my gut feeling. Because yeah. there's been a couple times when I've been through these levels where I'm like... There's no possible way I could have beaten this thing unless I put all my points into this one uh, skill and I wouldn't I would have no reason to do that like there's no way I would ignore all like lock picking and ignore presence and ignore blink for the sake of like logic or something like like there's a couple things where I'm like it feels like I, I there's no way I would have won this. I'm guessing I have to come back later. So I don't know that's well, true. I could be wrong. I know.
1: I was going to say, I bet that it's uh, it just showing you that
0: that's the style of game, maybe. You know what I mean? Very like possible. Going,
1: hey, you did fail this, but that's, this is what happens. You know, it's very uh,
0: possible. I don't know for sure. Um, But, but again, to be clear, like I'm still progressing and for every challenge that you get into, I mean, you just keep going, you keep rolling. It is possible to lose characters, but they also know that you don't win every challenge. Like if you, go up against the leader of the vampires who's like a thousand years old. Like, you're not going to win an argument against that person. You're not going to be able to, like, charm them with your power because you're not, you know, you're a much weaker vampire. So, like, those kind of things are there. You're not going to win that one. But, like, there's a lot of challenges where it feels like you just don't have the skills to do that, which I think is fine because I don't think the point of the game is to, like, master every skill. I think it's just you pick a lane and then whatever lane you pick, you've got to use that to its fullest advantage. So I I like the way it goes. I, I think it's good. I could use a couple more skill points, but I'm doing fine so far. And I really like everything else it's doing. So um, I'm in. I'm going to finish this one for sure. I really like it a lot. I'm about halfway through right now. And I, if you like the council, I think this is great. It's more of the council-esque. If you've never played the council, check out the council. But also Vampire Swan Song, I think, is a pretty good interpretation of the, the IP. And I feel like it's giving me uh, the kind of RPG vibes that I like. I really like the the cerebralness of it, the investigation And just like the whole overall flavor where combat just isn't a thing. I dig it.
1: Uh, I I don't know why every time I'm doing this in this episode, but I have two things. Uh, (laughs) One is I'm getting Disco Elysium vibes. Very
0: similar. Very
1: similar. Yeah. Yeah. Talking your way out of uh, conversation. Exactly. Exactly. And when you say RPG, almost to that same point, you know, my issue with Disco Elysium being called an RPG, I don't know. There's definitely different variations or uh, versions of what that means. But if you say that you can make a character from the from, from scratch, you can then that is more, you know, role playing, although and you're leveling up. So that's the role playing as well. Yeah. Um, there's no combat. Again, that's determined if it's not should be there or not for RPG. But but yeah, if you were just playing the main characters as they are, then I wouldn't call that role playing as much because that's just an adventure game. at yeah. that Yeah.
0: I mean, for example, just to clarify. So like one of the characters, her her main ability, like I think they suggest to you is that you are teleporting and they'll give you like one they'll give you the base level of teleporting but she's got like a whole skill tree that goes into the teleporting like it's like go further or use less energy or like whatever you can you can totally ignore that if you want to like you can build her like a whole other way like you can make her like logic master where she wins every argument because she knows all the facts because she's really well educated or you Mm -hmm. can make her extremely charming where everybody just can't say no to her because she's so cute and she smiles nice or whatever or you know like there's all these different choices so you'll get like the basic ability that you are that you need to get through the level like they they will not make it so that you can't get through the level like you can always get through the level um you may not be super successful but you can choose like whatever you want you can be like the lockpick master or you can be like the argument master or whatever but so you have pretty good pretty good freedom to to choose whichever way you want to build them and you can ignore their strengths if you want to and go a totally different direction if you want
1: okay yeah by the way to that point uh, everybody check this out it sounds good uh sounds like a win for you um, but also to that point of uh, the character traits in star uh, starfield mm-hmm. can't i can't think of the name of it starfield um we've been talking for so long i'm just uh, dizzy now is uh it looks like fallout where that yeah you can get like uh negative traits that give you certain positives you know i like that a
0: lot of it yeah they look like like a lot of skills in that game like when they showed the menus i was like holy smokes that's like a lot of skills yeah yeah
1: all right well we holy smokes we said a lot of words a lot of words
0: we're done i'm done folks this is the show thank you so much for listening as always send us your questions send us your comments hit us up so video games podcast at gmail.com we're on twitter at so video games reach Uh Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week?
1: TikTok, baby. TikTok. You want to give us your TikTok? Rodella, R-O-D-E-L-A.
0: That's it. Okay, that's it. All right. As for me, uh Twitter, Instagram, it's the same as usual. It's my name, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y. All A's, no O's. And that's gonna do it for episode two eight eight. Thank you all again for joining us here on the So Video Games Podcast. And we'll see you next week. But in the meantime, this is bye from Brad.
1: And bruh, that might have been our longest episode. I don't know. It's one hour 50. Is that right? I think
0: we've gone longer. Have we? I think we have.
1: Bruh, it's still long.
0: Still long. No debating that. Okay, bye. Bye.